Haven't you ever heard about people being operated on when they're under hypnosis? Yeah, but I don't believe in any of that. I mean, people who say that they were hypnotized weren't really. They were just, you know, playing along. Right. Really? Yeah. Then how could they have a scalpel stuck into their throat without even bleeding or without even making a sound? Bullshit! <laughs> saw that happen. It's bullshit! Can you learn another word? Yeah, what about narrow-minded? You know, I saw a guy in my class get a two-inch needle stuck into the thick of his arm by my instructor when he was under hypnosis. Bullshit! Is that butter, honey? That's disgusting. I saw a picture of it the next day. It left a mark. Uh, what I don't understand is how a person has spent most of her adult life in college can believe all that superstitious crap. It isn't superstition. Come on. I'm practically a licensed hypnotherapist. Oh, practically licensed. Isn't that like saying I don't have a license? Ow! I just squeezed my arm. You know, this may come as a surprise to you, Tom, but just because you kicked around the same six blocks for your whole life doesn't mean that there isn't a whole larger world out there. You know what I mean? Doorways you haven't even opened. Things you wouldn't even have the faintest understanding of. Doorways? Okay, okay. All right, Kreskin, prove it. Why don't you hypnotize somebody? Yeah, do me. You're listening to the Buzzkill Podcast. Episode 90, welcome to the Buzzkill Podcast, where tonight we are going to attempt to get deep, deep inside your brain box. I'm Mike. I'm Jim. <laughs> I'm Justin. That was Jay getting into your brain box. Right in. That's actually the sound it makes. Mm-hmm. Wait, can I... There it is. That, that's the sound. <laughs> What's up, boys? Guys. Yeah. Official countdown is on. The countdown to the 100. The countdown to 100 is officially on. Wasn't it officially on at episode one? Well, yeah, but who does count? Well, touche, touche. This is uh, this is the this is the the most committed we've ever been to anything. I think we've said that before, but well, we've been in bands longer. But that, <clears throat> but anything outside of music, this is the longest thing I've ever been committed to. That's true. But this is like a like school. This is this F is that. this is consistent. Like you're in a band and bands fizzle out, or you don't play shows for three months, mm-hmm. or. Your guitar player won't show up for three months. In your oh, case, so sweet, <laughs> sweet Jeebs. So yeah, this is. Uh, I'm impressed with us. I am too. Go no, us. Nobody else is, but no, 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 no. no, no. no, no, no. <laughs> so what's up? How you guys been? Good, good. I've, uh, I've, I've, I've had a day. Yeah. You ever, you ever, you ever fall asleep midday, and you don't actually fall asleep completely, and it's like that half sleep, and you don't actually know you're half sleep until you fully wake up. And then you're just groggy for the entire rest of the day. Are you describing hypnotism? No, because you kind of are. But I kind of am. <laughs> I was like half lucid dreaming. I guess is what it is. Like yeah. when you're kind of you're kind of in that that in between world where the ghosts live. I actually and uh, it's... all day today. Just at work, it happened to me. I fell asleep for like a half an hour, and ever ever since then, I just I can't. I took a five hour, so I'm a little jazzed now, but jazzed, a little jazzed. jazzed. It's, it's funny that you say that because I, I, I kind of had like a weird sort of lucid dream this morning. So one of the movies that we watched has uh, Vincent D'Onofrio in it, mm. and Vincent D'Onofrio played, uh, well, he played a mechanic in uh, Adventures in Babysitting, okay, which is like one of my favorite movies from when I was a little kid. Have you never seen it? 
Nope. Oh, You've it. never oh, yeah. seen Adventures in Babysitting? Oh man, it's such a good movie. I've never Except seen. Except for the Disney Channel remade it recently, oh, and yeah? they turned it into like a kids movie. It's stupid. I've also never seen Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead, another classic from childhood. Really? Wow. I've never seen like Dazed and Confused. What? I've like all these like se- all these like seminal like kids like like movies that kids grew up on. Oh, like man. I never saw it. Well, I don't. Dazed and Confused might not be bad. But... Yes, it is. Dazed okay, and, fine. Yeah. yeah, I've never seen any of those. But so Sorry. so <laughs> Vincent D'Onofrio plays a mechanic in. Um, Adventures in babysitting, but the little girl thinks he's Thor because he looks like Thor. Mm-hmm. And so I had the weirdest dream this morning. Is that because he hammers her mom? <laughs> <laughs> yes, that is exactly why. I had a weird dream this morning where I was watching the movie that we watched him in for this episode, but then there was an added scene where he reprised his role as Thor outstanding and so i so but like in in the moment in the dream i was like i was like i can't believe i didn't remember this scene from this movie this is so weird it totally doesn't fit the theme of this movie Mm -hmm. and then i woke up i was like oh you asshole yep but i wish that that i think that they should write that scene into the movie and put it in they could do anything with vincent d'onofrio though and it would be good like that guy is Absolutely incredible. I like him a lot. My yeah. God. <laughs> anyway, what else is uh, what else is new with you guys? Anything? Literally nothing. Are we all just straight boring? Just boring. Just, just the worst. Idiots. Oh, oh. Well, we went to see the new Deadpool movie. Oh yeah, we did. Not together. You. No. When did you go last? I went two... on Saturday morning. Oh, Saturday. So I went Sunday the next mm-hmm. day. Uh, what'd you think? Uh, I liked it. I um. I thought that... See, I've heard a lot of people say they liked it better than the first one. Mm-hmm. And I think the, the the strengths of the first one were that it was the first of its kind. Yeah. It was an R-rated superhero movie. and Where you, they say potty and words. And you could say fuck a million times and it never lost its luster mm-hmm. because it still it was fresh. Like, you, you've never seen that in a superhero right. movie before. Um, I thought that this one relied on that a little bit too much. Mm-hmm. It, it was a little bit overplayed at this point. Um, I, I thought that the story was good. I thought that the... But at the same time, fine, you but, can't not do that you know no sure sure that's that's part of the character too so i get that but i think they did it like they had other characters outside of deadpool though saying things that were like just trying to elicit a response yeah it's like it's it it lost its luster see i like them both but i think the the crispness of the new one of how it was all put together like all the cgi and everything it it Mm -hmm. all just it's very crisp Mm -hmm. if you put it that way yeah Yeah, it it looked really good yeah it it did it was cool there was uh some new characters there was some pretty Pretty good cameos. There was uh, Matt Damon and Alan Tudyk played uh, uh, the the two um, rednecks who were talking about toilet paper. Yes, yes, you're right. That was pretty hilarious. Yep. And then uh, the big one, which only lasted about a second and a half, Brad Pitt. Brad Pitt. Yeah. Spoiler alert: Brad Pat. Brad Pitt was Vanisher. No, he wasn't. Yes, he was. Bing. Really? Mm-hmm. Because I remember watching it. No, because I remember watching it going, that was a really wasted opportunity because they could have put a big cameo for this role. They did. I don't think that it was Brad Pitt. It was. Look it up on IMDb. I will. It was. Then then for as quick as they show it, he didn't look like Brad Pitt to me. Because I remember... I me, t- me, Brian... I was me, waiting for it. Me, Brian, and PJ all looked at each other right away and go, was that Brad Pitt? And it was, yeah. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. Uh-huh. I'm going to go back and, and look that up now. Did you realize that was... So you realized the other one was Alan Tudyk, but did you realize the one was Matt Damon? I did not. Oh. No. Well, there I, you go. I, I was... Yeah, I don't know. Matt it wasn't, Damon. It wasn't like I wasn't paying attention to it, but... Uh, weird. Sounds, sounds like that's exactly what it was. It sounds like it. You weren't paying attention. <laughs> um, <laughs> they had... Uh, the, I thought the X-Force thing was super hilarious. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
I will. Domino was uh, an Domino awesome was character. I loved her. She, I thought she was so I cool. Will, I will say this. I still, th- I will, I still think that Stephen Lang is a better choice for Cable. I did not like uh, Josh Brolin as much as some other people did. I l- I liked him a lot, but he I do, fine. but I do agree. Like you, you showed me, you showed me pictures <laughs> of. Um, of Cable from some of the the comic books, and he looks exactly like he Stephen wanted Lang, the so, role too. Like, yeah, he was he was like pushing hard for the role. He was jacking himself up. Yeah, like way before they ever did casting, before anything, because he wanted that role so bad. But Josh Brolin, man, that's a that's a big name. And I it, think they want, he was cool. He was he was they really wanted good. him just so they could make the joke where he goes Thanos. Oh, <laughs> like I'm pretty sure like they only wanted him because of that joke. Yeah. He did, he did a good job. I thought he it was, was cool. He was good, but he's Cable's a huge dude. Josh Brolin, not so huge. He's only like 5'7". Yeah, like it 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 took a little bit of the the pizzazz out of the character, if you will. To me, how big, how, how tall is uh how tall is Stephen Lang? Is he really he's big? He's a big dude, yeah. Is he? He's I mean, taller. I know he's jacked, but is he is he tall? I don't know. He's taller than Josh Brolin. Probably. I, can I don't know. I, I, don't I liked know. him. I still thought he. I still thought he yeah. did a really good job. But yeah, overall, I, I liked yeah, it. It was though. funny. It was. It was a good. Good movie. Mm-hmm. I liked it a lot. Yeah. So, uh, I think that's pretty much it. Yeah. For what happened over yeah. the past week? Our lives are pretty boring. Yep. So. We were boring. We saw a movie like the rest of the world, and um, that's it. Jerked off a bunch. So uh, once. Oh well. Just just once in the last week. Once since I got here. <laughs> got you all right. pooping. <laughs> I was. I was, you know, two birds, one stone. <laughs> On that note, uh, let's move into some That's corrections. So are corrections. Stupid! You're so stupid! All right. All right. Uh, uh, so, so. so <laughs> Echo? All right, so last week, um, not a whole lot wrong, at least from my perspective. I know you said that you had one or two. Yeah. But uh, the only one that I got was uh, we have not done a Scream retrospective. That is one of mine. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. So we should do that. Uh, yeah. Very soon. Basically just the trilogy, right? Yeah. Because we've yeah, already the talked about trilogy. the fourth one. Um, the, the scene with Leslie doing the, uh, the demonstration, Leslie Vernon doing yeah. the demonstration for Taylor where he's running and then walking behind mm-hmm. her is in the deleted scenes. Oh, it is. Yeah. You can find it on YouTube. Gotcha. He, he basically challenges her to a foot race and he's like, I can beat you from this tree to that tree when I'm walking and you're running and I'll give you a head start. And then he does the whole thing where he's sprinting behind her. And then every time she turns around, yeah. he stops and he goes, <laughs> and acts like he's walking. Also, <laughs> just because you're dumb and I like to call you out when you're dumb. You said that chicken from, uh, from, uh, digging up the marrow reminded you of Slimer just without arms and legs. Mm-hmm. Slimer doesn't have legs. Oh, he has arms. Actually, he's the direct opposite of Slimer. He's, he, he looks like Slimer, but he has legs. And Still. Slimer has arms, but no legs. Fair. Touche. Does Chicken have arms? I don't think so. I don't think so I think either. that's why he's called Chicken. He's just like a little chicken-looking thing. Just a little chicken shit. <laughs> just a little chicken. <laughs> uh, that's all, all right, I got. Cool. Yeah, that's, uh, we did pretty good then last week. But not, yeah, uh, pretty good. Pretty good. All right. Not too bad. All right. Uh, so, James, why don't you take us to, through the catastrophe that is what we are <laughs> drinking this week? <laughs> all right. So, I, first, I, first I want to direct you to episode 89 of the Buzzed Kill podcast, mm. where we were discussing our beer selection for the week. And then Mike said, you know, it's really pretty cool that we've gone 89 episodes and we've managed to find 89 different beers to drink, which is really impressive when you think about it. And uh, 89... <laughs> 
or, 80, or not at all. <laughs> 89, di- well, it, not not impressive. Like yeah. It's not like an impressive feat on our part. It's just cool that we managed to find so many different beers to try. It's, it's almost as important as like solving world hunger. Uh, it's like I, I put like beers up here, solving world hunger is down here somewhere. But um, um, so he says that last week. He's like, man, it's really cool. We've never had a repeat beer. And then he shows up today with um, with a beer called Melt Your Brain from Shorts, Shorts Brewery. <laughs> and then I'm reading the can and I'm like, hold on a second. Wait a tick. This sounds pretty familiar. Pretty familiar. Pretty familiar indeed. <laughs> and then I was like, we've definitely drank this beer before. Yeah, yeah. I, I, so, I, I totally jinxed myself so last week. So Mike, a week after, just a week after saying <laughs> it's really cool that we've found 89 different beers, uh, went out and bought the same beer that we've At had before. At the same store. At the same store, yeah. So I did a second run and went and got us uh, another beer. This is... Uh, from Petoskey Brewing, it's called Mind's Eye PA. So Mind's Eye PA. It's an India Pale Ale, obviously. And uh, the reason we are having this is because we talked about, or we watched, and what we're talking about are uh, two movies that deal with kind of getting into... The psyche of a person. The psyche of a person in two very different ways. Very the different first ways. movie we're talking about, or I don't actually know the order we're going to talk about them in, but uh, one being The Cell from 2000 with uh, Jenny from the Block. Which this whole entire thing basically came because, like, dude, I really want to watch The Cell, but I don't have enough time to watch movies outside of what we talk about. So let's work The Cell into uh, to an episode. Exactly. Also because it's an awesome movie. Yep, I had never seen it before, though. Right, so Mike wanted an excuse to watch it, so we found one. So we watched The Cell, which deals with uh, Jenny from the Block literally getting into a, a, a serial killer's... Literally getting into a serial killer's uh, mind. The great, great Vincent D'Onofrio. Vincent D'Onofrio. Wow. And then so the good. second movie we watched, uh, courtesy of my lovely wife, because we were kind of having a hard time coming up with a second movie to pair with it, she uh, recommended Stir of Echoes, mm-hmm. which deals with... Uh, kind more, of, more of like a psychic getting into your brain, and opening doors, and then being susceptible. Right. And, you know. But still, so <clears throat> Mind's IPA definitely fits fits the bill for both those. Absolutely. Uh, this is from Petoskey Brewing. Burnt copper color and giant hop aroma come to the forefront in this traditional American IPA. Rich caramel, malt, and red wheat balance the dry, bitter finish of this full-flavored craft brew. She comes in a 16-ounce can, Mm. and she's 6.7 ABV, Mm. and she's 74 IBU. You're 6.7 ABV. Ooh, I don't know what that means. (laughs) means But I like it. Get me drunk on your scent. Mm. Cheers. <laughs> These are unfulfilling cheers sounds when we have cans. I yeah, know, I know. We're we going to get a bottle like sample and clink, clink. Yeah, and we'll just play that's that. a good idea. Where do we get bottles from? <laughs> oh, God, I just spilled mine everywhere. Cheers. Cheers, boys. Oh, that's good. good. Why don't like you guys that. talk about the beer while it's I go a, get some paper towel? Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a standard IPA. Honestly, yeah. there's a... Uh, you know, it's, it's funny. When you... when. I drink a lot of IPAs, and um, I'm finding it harder and harder, and maybe this is just me and my taste buds, unless there's a very specific type of flavoring that is added that makes it different. Mm-hmm. I have a hard time telling the difference between the, the, a lot of the different hops that they use. Maybe that's just because I'm uncultured, it's, it's... Um, and I have a garbage palate. But, like, <laughs> I, I, have a, I have a hard time sometimes differentiating different IPAs from other ones. Like I know, that, I know that there are some that are good, 
and there are some that are bad. It well, does have a unique flavor, though. That's almost like, um, like I feel like a lot of the, like you said, like a lot of the IP, IPAs have just developed, like, this is the flavor. Yeah, it's a very you know? broad flavor. And, and, it's, like, yeah. and it, it has that, and I enjoy that, but mm-hmm. it also has a uniqueness, like it's I'd, a, I'd say with like this, a home-brewed like, kind of thing. I'd say something. with this, know. too, it almost, it almost tastes like a really hoppy uh, red. You know well, what I mean? I, I want to do an episode. Ooh, what was that? I want to do, do an episode. Just, just the, the, I forgot to take the dick out of my throat. Um, <laughs> I want to do an episode. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like Snoop Band. I want to do an episode that we uh, that's based on plane horror. So we could do like Red Eye and like um, uh, Flight of the Living Dead, perhaps. Or Snakes or on a snakes Plane. Or Snakes on a Plane. <laughs> but they're uh, short. Or Oddside actually makes uh, an IPA called Red IPA. Oh yeah, and it is my absolute favorite, like mashup beer because it's, it's it's an IPA but it's also a red. Right, and it's it's hands down my my favorite of the, the uh, fusion beers, if you will. And that's it's from so, that's from Shorts as well. I know Oddside makes oh, it. Oh, Oddside. Um, I haven't seen it though in stores in a long time, so I don't know if it's even available still. It is. I see is it. it? Uh, yeah, I see it at Masonic all the oh, time. Oh, okay, cool. <clears throat> um. So but, uh, but anyway, yeah. yeah. Anyway, Mind's Eye PA is delicious. Uh, if just you're like, just if like you're playing every other along, beer. if you're playing along at home, go pick up yourself a six pack of Petoskey Brewing Mind's Eye PA and get drunk with us. This one, I don't know if it, like I don't know if, uh, what how how far the Petoskey Brewing reaches. Like I don't know if it's a national national sort of deal. Mm-hmm. We drink a lot of Michigan based beers, so who knows really? Because we're in Tennessee. Because we're in Tennessee, so naturally we drink a lot of Michigan-based <laughs> beers. <laughs> uh, anyway, that's uh, what we're drinking. That's what we're talking about. So why don't we get into the bleed? Field. Cheer! Another short news week this week. Uh, not not a whole lot going on in, uh, in the news the last couple weeks, but uh, that's okay. It cuts our time down. But uh, I do it to start the same way that we like to start every bleed feed section. Oh, no. A couple of deaths. Yeah. Um, rest in peace to uh, Bill Gold. Now, Bill Gold is probably not a name that you know, uh, but he uh, was a movie poster artist. Mm. who died at the age of 97. Uh, I bring him up because uh, he has done some absolutely incredible work, including <clears throat> probably his most famous uh, poster that he did for a little film called The Exorcist. Ooh. That photo of uh, of the priest walking up to the house or whatever, you know. With the, the light with shining the light out shining of the window. And the, yeah. he, uh, he didn't draw that necessarily, but he did take that still photo and exaggerate things and, and and made it what it was. That's a and it was his choice to use that photo, and it be and it became one of the most well known image like, images of, of horror <clears throat> movies ever. It's one of my favorite uh, cover art photos ever. Yep. I remember seeing it when I was younger and not knowing what the hell it was because I didn't know what the word exorcist meant. Yep. But I just knew just like looking at that photo, I was like, yeah, that, that's a scary so, movie. <laughs> I guess William Friedkin uh, had wanted there to be no picture of a possessed person. Uh, of 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 Reagan on the cover anywhere mm-hmm. didn't want that yeah. so he 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 chose that photo because well this guy could be walking into a house and you know he's got this briefcase and it's very powerful mm-hmm. and you know he's walking into the house and there is some shit going on but some you don't shit. know but you don't know what it is and uh, it turned out to be right uh, he also did uh, 
Art, he also did artwork for uh, the Deliverance poster, which is awesome if you've never seen it. Really, really cool. Uh, he did Dirty Harry, Clockwork Orange, tons of other stuff. Just super, super influential stuff. Uh, and he passed away at the age of 97. I'm going to say that uh, he died because he was 97. I don't think there is any other. <laughs> I'd say that's a, any, any I'd say other that's real a, reason. That's a pretty safe assumption. Oh, he did the uh, the Deliverance poster with the eyeball yeah. and the, it's a and really the guys. Cool, yeah, super man. cool poster. Yeah, it's a really cool poster. They're out of the eye. Yeah, yeah it's, it's that's really awesome. Cool. Uh, also, rest in peace this week to Yuriko uh, Hoshi. Yuriko uh, Hoshi is a Japanese actress, best known uh, to us stateside uh, from her multiple Godzilla appearances. Yeah, she played the the stunning woman in uh, Mothra vs. Godzilla, uh, Ghidra and the Three Headed Monster, or Ghidra the Three Headed Monster, mm -hmm. uh, and then more, most recently Godzilla vs. Megagurius. Megagurius. That's, that's Megagurius. That's what I'm going with. Um, <laughs> I, I, I recognize her mostly from Mothra vs. Godzilla, though. I've watched that movie a thousand times. Mm -hmm. And uh, as soon as I saw her, I knew exactly who it was. I'm sure she's done a ton of other Japanese film. But uh, like I said, stateside, that's what we would best know her for. Mm -hmm. She passed away at the age of 74 due to lung cancer. Mm. So, uh, so, yeah, rest in peace to those two. Uh, got some Evil Dead news here. Really? A little bit. Please a little bit. Uh, so Bruce Campbell has given his blessing, not that he needed to. Bruce Campbell's coming out of retirement. <laughs> Ash is back alive. Uh, nope. Uh, <laughs> he is giving his blessing for Evil Dead to continue without him. Really? Uh, apparently, Rob Taper and Sam Raimi are already discussing what that future could possibly be um, without a Ash character. Mm -hmm. um, I suppose they could do, in terms of picking up where Ash versus Evil Dead came from, seeing how Ash is no longer on that plane of existence, and I'm just going to leave it at that, they could continue stuff, you know, elsewhere, yeah. I suppose, with other characters. They that's, could, that's very vague. It is very vague. <laughs> I don't want to give spoilers away, though. It's a series finale. Um, best series finale fucking ever, by the way. Um, anyway, yeah, so uh, apparently <clears throat> apparently when, when season three got canceled... Um, they were already sort of... They knew that it was going to be canceled. Rob Tapert recently spoke at the Motor City Comic Con uh, here in Detroit, And um, somebody asked him about future plans and this and that. And they knew they knew going into season three that likely it was going to be their last. Right. And so they were already planning on doing something outside of that. And apparently when, when Bruce Campbell announced his retirement, Rob Tapert got a hold of him and goes, well, what about the movie? They were planning on doing a movie. Oh, no. And he goes, nope, I'm out, not doing it. I'm retiring as Ash, this and that. So now they're kind of going, him and Sam Raimi are going back to the drawing board to try to figure out what the future of Evil Dead could be if there's even going to be one. So, mm -hmm. you know, it's cool that the, the, the makers are still kind of, you know, throwing ideas back and forth. And, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. Good. I'd have to imagine too. He's uh, like he he's retiring as Ash, but he's always going to be involved. Like he'd probably produce at least, right? Who knows? Don't you think? Probably, yeah. Probably. That's what I'd say. I it's mean. weird. It's weird that he would retire because I remember when when Ash versus Evil Dead started. His whole thing was we're gonna keep making this series until the people don't want it anymore. This and that. I guess he could look at the numbers being so low as people not wanting it. I suppose you could look at it that way. But there's so many fans of it, you know, and right. it seemed like they were in it for the long haul, whatever it was they were going to do. So at when I, last week when he retired, or two weeks ago when he retired as the character, it was a little bit disheartening. Right. 
Um, I can't blame him though. He's played that character now for every stage of his entire life, you know. Basically, what forty years, basically. Yeah, he's, right? he's probably sick of it at this yeah. point. Um, oh, Jay, yeah. is there something in the beer that you can't drink? Oh no, copper color. Oh no, <laughs> you're looking at the can like, oh my god, what am I tasting? No, I was, I was still trying to figure out that uh, that flavor. That oh, I enjoy. okay. It says this brewed. Uh, it's you the, mentioned uh, with uh, Michigan Artesian Spring Water. So. Is it the caramel? Ooh, it's, it's that awesome. pure Michigan. I mean, it's just that, that natural spring flavor, you know. No, uh, none of that. Good lead. old, good old pure Michigan. Well, unless you get the. It tastes like Tim Allen. I know that taste in my mm. mouth. <laughs> I know it. Um, your, your, your adventures, your adventure begins at Michigan.org. <laughs> All right. Uh, so this is fun. Uh, we know that there's a new Men in Black spinoff slash reboot coming, mm -hmm. um, and uh, it's been announced that Liam Neeson is joining the cast really? with uh, Chris Hemsworth and Tessa Thompson. Oh. And uh, in the Men in Black spinoff, uh, the new Men in Black spinoff film will see Tessa Thompson's M try to prove herself by joining the London branch of MIB. Oh, cool. And will be paired with Chris Hemsworth's Agent H. The pair will become involved in a murder mystery that will lead them on a global journey. Apparently, Liam Neeson is basically playing the the, the role that Rip Torn, or not Rip Torn, uh, 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 yeah, yeah, no, Rip Torn. Oh, so it, like the um, he's like the leader of the MIB yeah. London branch. He's like the the main guy, like the overseer boss. or whatever the hell. Yep. Sure. So that's fun. I'm actually kind of looking forward to this. Uh, Chris yeah. Hemsworth is hilarious. Mm -hmm. Liam Neeson is Liam fucking Neeson. Um, Tessa can't, Thompson's can't go wrong. Yeah. Tessa Thompson's funny. Like mm -hmm. it's this is gonna be a good movie. Yeah. I, I think it's gonna be a home run. Yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, Three from Hell news. Uh, don't expect Three from Hell to come out this year. Uh, even though principal photography is done, mm -hmm. Rob Zombie's going on tour with Marilyn Manson oh, no. for the whole summer. So by the time he gets back from the tour and sits down and spends a few months editing, don't expect a release date until early, excuse me, early 2019 probably. Come, come on, Rob. You can do that on the road. Are they going to fight again? <laughs> who knows remember they had like a big battle last time they were on the tour together and yeah uh, oh yeah who Rob Zombie and Marilyn yeah. Manson yeah, did? it yeah. ended bad I think it, in Detroit when they were playing in the it was one of the, it was one of the like, last dates of the tour came out and told them like the get the hell off stage and like just came out and like during Manson set or so they're, 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 they were bad talking to each I other I actually went to that show and I don't remember there being anything on stage but I, I do remember hearing stuff behind the scenes though that they were not getting along whatsoever really yeah Um. total side sidebar here I read somewhere today that Marilyn Manson um, there had been rumors of it for a long time, and Marilyn Manson has finally came come, came clean that early on in his career, when they were to, when Marilyn Manson was touring with Corn, mm -hmm. Manson peed all over Corn's catering all the time. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds about right, dude. Gross. Have you have you, have you ever I, read I his know. book? Oh, I've yeah. heard I've heard the story. There's so. some gnarly shit in that book, man. Yeah. I haven't read the whole thing, but I read some excerpts, some excerpts yep. from it. Yeah, there's some crazy stuff. Yeah, One, he uh, he yeah. sounds like a fucking mess. I read it like, a couple really times. Does. I used to be a huge Manson fan. I still like I Manson. still I like Marilyn Manson. Yeah. Like, Dude, I think Antichrist he's a... Superstar and um, Mechanical Animals are mm. fucking incredible records. They really yeah. are. Yeah. Um, Plus, he's like a know, he's like kind of. Kind of a brilliant guy, you know. I, I remember it's, this this awkward he's thing. Insane the, uh, though, like like, and not yeah. in a good way. He's not insane. I I, I had a, a Marilyn Manson like shirt or CD or whatever in like fifth grade, and uh, one of the teachers, uh, one of the students, went up and told the teacher that this lady teacher, like, yeah, he had a couple of his ribs removed so he could, you know, suck his own suck dick. his own dick. <laughs> and so the teacher kind of like confronted me and asked me about it because obviously I knew more about him than she did, and I was like, I. No, it's not true. And it, it's not true. No, actually. It's not. no, no. no. It's, this is a rumor. It wouldn't even work. 
Just because you have ribs removed doesn't mean your spine can bend that way. What right. if he extended his dick with his ribs? Oh, there that it is. Could, that could work. We Graf, just figured Graf's it out. Skin. And it's just a ribbed, a ribbed dick. Damn it, you got there before me. <laughs> um, okay, so some more Godzilla news, actually. Um, if uh, if A couple years ago, uh, Toho released their first Godzilla movie in a long time, mm-hmm. Shin Godzilla. Yeah. It was fantastic. Mm-hmm. I absolutely loved it. And they've been planning a Shin Godzilla 2 for a while. Um, not happening anymore. Oh, they're really? canceling plans for Shin Godzilla 2. Uh, basically, what they're doing is Toho is kind of taking the American route, and they are making a shared kaiju universe. So instead of doing Shin Godzilla 2, they're going to focus more on stuff like Mothra and Ghidra, and they're, they're big classic monsters, mm-hmm. but making them, and it always was sort of a shared universe to begin with, but I think they're doing well, it, it always, intentionally It now. always centered around Godzilla. Yeah. Right, but... Yeah, so now they're going to make it, though, where the stories actually intertwine with each other. Right on. Uh, instead of just monsters showing up, like, the it's going to happen in the same universe and, you know, everything else. So, so kind of like, cool. So maybe you'll actually get a little bit more of a backstory for, for some of these other... Sure, ...big sure. monsters and stuff. That'd yep. be cool. And they, they always had, orig- they, always, they always had, like, Mothra movies, like, like standalone right. uh, Gamera movies. Uh, 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 there's a Ghidra movie, I believe, no... Maybe I don't know. Uh, there's so many kaiju uh, corrections, but there are so many kaiju movies that came out in Japan. Or right. In, in over all. Yeah, of and time. actually, actually, <laughs> I mis- I mis- I probably misspoke too. Like, there's I never I've seen a lot of the Godzilla movies. I haven't seen a ton of the the other standalone movies yeah. though. So maybe there is more backstory to no, those there ma- is. to there those is. characters than I actually know of. Yeah. Uh, so. They actually they put out some new Gamera movies in the 2000s. But they're really? they're awesome. Hmm. They're really cool. Yeah. Um. Uh, I'm just bringing this up because it's so batshit crazy. Have you watched the trailer for the Happy Time Murders? Uh, is that the puppet movie? Yes. Yeah. Oh my god! The very <laughs> end of that trailer. <laughs> uh, which which part is that? I. Okay, the, the, gonna, only, the only trailer that the, the, we're okay gonna, we're gonna we're gonna take a we're break take and a I'm gonna break, watch it. But the only trailer that I watched was like a couple months ago. Oh no, this is brand new. It oh just okay, got released. all right, yeah. And no, it's I like, it's seen a red band trailer, and oh my god! All right, all right. Let's watch it real quick. I'm going to hook up the trailer. Hook it up. And we're back. (laughs) Yeah, that was was good. Fantastic, right? I like the, uh, hey, uh, what did she call it? Hey, handsome, you looking for some rotten cotton? (laughs) (laughs) So gross. Oh, I like boy. that they thought she was a dude all the time. Yeah. <laughs> hey, hey there, sir. Yeah, he's talking to uh, Melissa McCarthy. They're talking to Melissa McCarthy, calling calling her handsome. <laughs> I'm a f- I'm a woman. <laughs> Even better. Yeah, that uh, that movie looks nuts and yeah, amazing. It looks so awesome. You, you see the trailer. And, and the end, what you were talking about? Yeah. Yeah. That was good. It's, yeah, I'm not gonna give it away. But yeah. Just watch it. Yeah. Um. All right. Before we get to the end, um, let's uh, turn it over to two. And let's turn it right back over to Mike with the rest of the news, because I don't really have anything, man. There's nothing of note. I could talk about a, a, the uh, the contest that Bloody Disgusting has going on, but that requires you to, like, go to a website and, you and, just don't want to do and that. fill in a form. No one has access to those kind of devices to do that nowadays. <laughs> Nobody wants to do that shit, so if you want to win some stuff, including uh, the new Strangers movie on Blu-ray... Head over to Bloody Disgusting. You'll see it. I don't really, as far as like uh, like actual Blu-ray releases, there's not too much to talk about. So gotcha. Right back at you, Michael. Well, thanks, sir. All right. Uh, so this is very exciting to me. Um, if you were to say all-time creepiest television show theme music, 
what do you say? Jeopardy. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Like the like when you just played that little segment right there, I damn no, near shit. Honestly, God, though, creepiest creepiest television theme song ever. Well, I mean, that's... You know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Un unsolved Mysteries. Yeah. Uh, yep. Jay did not know, but he still had the correct answer. Yeah. This is very exciting. Uh, Terror Vision, uh, a company that puts out vinyl and whatnot. They're a smaller company, mm -hmm. but uh, they are releasing, for the very first time, the Unsolved Mysteries original soundtrack. Sweet. Uh, which is going to be available in two versions. You have uh, one version that has... Uh, one record to it, one LP, mm -hmm. and it's gonna have it's gonna have like two of the theme songs, and then like twenty nine of the songs that they used for the any episodes had like ghosts like or whatever. It's like the stuff, backing yeah. tracks they used for all those different segments. Uh, then there's also a three LP version that has like four different versions of. I could be a little bit off on this. I'm not gonna correct it, but yeah. I think it's like four different versions of the theme song, two versions of the outro music, and like a hundred and some odd songs that they used for all the different episodes over the course of its life. Now, are they actually going to have any voiceovers from Robert Stack? I hope so. Because that would be cool. Oh, my God, I hope so. At least the intro. like mm -hmm. the, Well, I guess he always said something different, but I don't know. It would be maybe cool that's then. Maybe that's why there's different versions of the theme song. Too. Yeah. Could be. That'd be sweet. But uh, I'm very excited about that. Because that's part of what made that the theme music so chilling. Yeah. Was his voice. Yeah. You know. I will absolutely so. be, be picking this one up. <clears throat> yeah. It's like $49, I think, for the 3 LP version. But it seems that's worth like, it. That's like two cups of coffee at Starbucks. It, it seems just worth it to me. Just but don't also, drink coffee for one day and you're good to go. The one LP version <laughs> seems worth it too, though. So I'm not sure what I'm going to go yeah. for. Um, Might as well go for the deluxe. Always go deluxe, I know, baby. right? I know. So now, that's very cool. Now, uh, do you know who did the theme music for it? I do not. Um, Actually, I do. Oh, oh you're so smart. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the theme music was written by Michael Boyd okay. and Gary Ramal Martin. Okay. Wait, okay. Uh, I think I... I think I got that last Gary, name. Gary the Mall Cop, Paul Bart. <laughs> Bart Martin. All right, so. Yeah, Malkin. Gary Ramal Malkin. It, for me as a child, and, and I haven't heard it in a while, but it's always been very reminiscent of the Halloween theme. It, it is so very, it was, very so wasn't done by John Carpenter, then. Yep, yep. That's what it is. Yeah, it's very similar. It is. It's very similar. That accent y. Um, some of uh, Michael Boyd's credits are not only Unsolved Mysteries, but also Breakin'. You remember the, oh, the movie Breakin'? Breakin'? Yeah. And also uh, Once Bitten. Oh, which the was, Jim Carrey movie. Uh, yes. It's Jim Carrey's first movie, yeah? Yep. The Vampire Foot. Uh, that wasn't his first movie. Uh, his, his first like major... Yeah. I was going to say, I think Rubber Face was his first movie. Yeah, yeah that, that was... <clears throat> no one knows about yeah. that one, <laughs> Um, Was there more to that story? That's it. That's it? That's it. Is that it for the news? That's it. Boom! That was the news! Thank you, Jay. That's it. That's... Jay? His name is Rob. <laughs> Boom, boom! That was the news! <laughs> Alright, we're gonna we're gonna take a quick break. James is gonna go jerk off in the bathroom again. And um, we're gonna come back with Tofu talking about some getting in your brain mm -hmm. and doing weird things with it. Mm -hmm. That's it. And cuddling it. Mm -hmm. And then... Throughout this, you'll see faces ripped apart with hooks, a man slashing himself into a bloody pulp, and graphic, macabre, torturous images that defy description. Patty Melt. <laughs> Patty Melt? 
I'm kind of hungry now. I know. For a patty melt. Right? In particular. Wanna go to... Let's just stop the show and go get a patty melt. Castle Run. Alright, so tonight we're talking about two movies. One of them being Stir Echoes, the other one being The Cell. Which one are we talking about first? <clears throat> well, before that, I, I uh, when I went out for the second beer run of the night, oh, because you so royally fucked up, <laughs> I noticed uh, I noticed a little shot bin, and I and I saw something that I thought might fit nicely Uh-oh. with tonight's Uh-oh. theme. So I already checked. This is vegan, by the way, Jay. It says right here on theanimalfreechef.com that this is, yep, you guessed it, contains no animal products. From uh, Captain Morgan, I got us some loco nut. Ooh, (laughs) loco nut? Yeah, loco nut. Because, you know, crazy, loco. Don't you know I'm loco? loco. I mean, it's a stretch, but I'm not going to turn down a free shot. Well, yeah, well, (laughs) it's, it's... you know when you, you're talking about you're talking about sickness of the mind and go going loco and oh go also it's like you said it's Not just a, a reason chain. to take another shot of alcohol. Cheers. So a little bit of loco nut. Let's do it, boys. Mm. That might be the best tasting nut I've ever had in my mouth. Oh wow, that is really good. That tastes like Hawaii. I found my new drink. Oh my god, that is good. Mm. I'm gonna have to go pick make, up a few more of those and take them home could, to my wife because she would make love that. By mixing Captain Morgan's in your coconut milk. That you made. <gasps> we erased that part of we the did. show, <laughs> but I, I made homemade coconut milk. That's all you need to know. Check out my Instagram if you want to see more. <laughs> <laughs> That's delicious. It really that is. Holy is crap! Really good. Wow. Oh, damn. Okay. Damn, so, that's really good. Uh, we're gonna talk about Sturvacos first. Okay. I've, I've decided. Uh, Stir of Echoes uh, is is. It's a shitty movie. Next movie. All right, the cell is <laughs> is no. Um, uh, uh, Stir of Echoes shit. from 1999. Uh, it's directed by a guy named David Culp, uh, who has he's, he's actually directed a little bit of stuff. Uh, Secret Window with Johnny Depp. Oh yeah. Uh, he directed Premium Rush, that bicycle movie with uh, uh, what's his name, uh, Joseph that- Gordon Levitt. Oh, okay. he's a, he's like I was going to say James McAvoy. Yeah, he's a is that a he's a courier? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, now also, uh, David Cope wrote and has writing and screenplay credits for Jurassic Park. Oh my! The Lost World. Oh. Mission Impossible. Ooh. Snake Eyes. Panic Room. Spider Man. War of the Worlds. Angels and Demons. Like this guy is Angels a and Airwaves. Angels like, and like, Airwaves. Like, too bad. Yeah. Like aliens and shit. So, uh, so one super prolific uh, screenplay. So writer. one one might say. That he has a significant uh, presence. Yes, in I would say so in the film world. He's a he's a well known guy, I believe, in uh, in the woods of Holly. Okay. So, the woods of Holly. In the woods of Holly. <laughs> Did you hear that? There's people uh, trying to trying to get the Hollywood sign taken down. Why? Because they live in that area and they're tired of tourists coming to see it. Don't live there. Yeah. Fuck off. <laughs> Don't live there. Simple. It's like, it's like living next to a forest and be like, tear the forest down. I'm sick of animals. <laughs> sick of these trees everywhere. This is <laughs> bullshit. <laughs> Fucking trees. <laughs> oh. Stupid. Oh, God. All right. right. So, Stir of Echoes, what we have here is, after being, <laughs> after being hypnotized by his sister-in-law, a man begins seeing haunting visions of a girl's ghost and a mystery begins to unfold around him. I, uh, I love this movie. Yeah, I, it's um, really good. I have a... The, I don't know when I saw this for the very first time, but I have early memories of this movie. Mm-hmm. I saw this movie long before I was 
huge into horror, I think. Mm-hmm. And um, this might have been one of those movies that kind of like it was a ghost movie, and it was a stepping stone into more scarier type of stuff. Yeah. Um, but I, uh, I've always loved this movie. I've always had a soft spot for it. This is probably the dozenth time that I've seen it. The dozenth. The dozenth. It's cheaper by it every single time. <laughs> um, I no, actually, I've seen this movie a lot. I, I do remember when I saw this the first time. It, it was well after it had actually come out. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, I bought it just on a whim. Yeah. Because I saw it. It was like in a bargain bin or something like that. Oh, no. It was... it was. Uh, you remember when Blockbuster used to sell movies? Oh, yeah. You could go You could go get five movies for 20 bucks. Yep. When they, oh, like, when, when, so when, Blockbuster, when Blockbuster, like, started to go under. Yep. This is when we were living at the Harbors. That's the first time I saw it. It was probably 2007. So this uh, this is a flick that I I've mentioned in the past. How I I sort of like buddy movies up together, like mm-hmm. I have sister movies. And for whatever reason, this movie and Mystic River. Mystic are, River. The reason being, if you've seen Mystic River with Sean Penn, it's a fa- fucking fantastic movie. Uh-huh. It's amazing. But they remind me because they remind me of each other because they're they're very similar neighborhoods. Mm-hmm. Like one's in Chicago, one's in Boston. But um, they're very similar neighborhoods mm-hmm. in, in the sense that, like, they're all very close-knit. They're all friends. Their neighbors hang out with each other. And it has the same feeling. And I've always thought that Stir of Echoes is sort of the horror version of Mystic River. And, like, it's a, it's a, it's a mystery, you know? Like, they're, they're trying to figure out, and the neighbors are who done it. It's mm-hmm. like, I don't know, it's, it's that same kind of feeling of a movie. See, and I actually paired up with Mystic Pizza. Oh. The Julia Roberts picture. <laughs> Because who ate the pizza? <laughs> who ate the pizza? It's the horror version. Actually, Mystic Pizza is, is the, the horror, horror version. No, it's the of, horror version. It's the horror version of Sturbeckos. <laughs> so, um, um, but yeah, yeah. No, I've, so I've I've always liked it based on that though. Uh, so you have Kevin Bacon uh, leading the pack with uh, with his stuff, leading um, the troops. Yep, uh, Kevin Dunn. Um, you have Jennifer Morrison, a young Jennifer Morrison, which I have a question about her character. We'll get to it a little bit later on. Okay. But uh, uh, not, not too many other people who are super well-known. Uh, Catherine Irby plays his wife, Maggie. Oh, Il- yeah. Il- yep. uh, Ileana Douglas is well-known. Uh, she, yeah, plays she, is, Le- right. she plays Lisa, who yep. I have big problems with in this movie. Okay, we'll get there. We'll get there. I'm going to use the B word when I talk about her. It's a... <laughs> Just, just fair warning. It has its Trigger flaws. warning. I'm going to call her a B word. You know what? Get into it. Huh? Right now. This bitch. <laughs> <laughs> no, this bitch so, right here. Okay, so uh, so Kevin Bacon's just this he's Chicagoan. Chicagoan. Yep, Chicago. I love his Chicago accent in this in this movie, by the way. It's more Wisconsin, I think. Well, it, it, that's what... The, I mean, that's, I they're kind of the close, same. Yeah. They're, they're almost one and the same. I, I'm sure that Chicago people, Chica, Chicagoan, is that what you Ch- call them? Chicagoan. 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 I'm sure that those. I'm sure that those people and. Min- what do you mean those people? <laughs> yeah, I'm sure that those people and people from Minnesota would um, would argue the fact that they sound similar. Sure. From to to an outside ear, though. Yeah. They do have similarities. Which is funny because uh, the as Michiganders. Michiganders, Michiganders, Michiganders. <laughs> As Michiganders, the drunker we get, the more we sound like people from Minnesota. So they it's just true. sound like a bunch of drunken idiots, is what you're saying. Well, no, like, like I say, like if 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 we're out like on a drinking night, uh, Tuesday, a Tuesday, <laughs> Tuesday on these parts, you like you can notice that there's a noticeable difference. Like people start to talk like this a lot. <laughs> it's it's not. It's not. It's not fake. It does. It, it. It's not like we're putting it on. It just happens. It I don't. Just... I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> it's not that at all. 
we, I think we just start to we start to. Uh, it's enunciating things and like really like like sticking to consonants. It's our. Well, I think I think it's our vowels. Oh, is that? We start to uh, like elongate our vowel. <laughs> I don't know. I can't. I can't do it when I'm sober. Not that I'm a hundred percent sober, but uh, <clears throat> anyway. So uh, you have this guy, just a just a good old boy in Chicago, living with his he's a, family. He's a he's a good old blue collar worker. Yeah. You know? He's a he's a lineman for the county, mm-hmm. and uh, do you know that song? No, <laughs> lineman for the county. No, sorry. He's a lineman, and he, he's just living a simple life. And uh, and um, he start. How does this? He oh, he goes to a party. Which <laughs> this whole thing, like, he's got a young son, mm-hmm. uh, five five years old. Yeah, uh, yeah, around there. Yeah. And uh, him and his wife go out to party one night. I love this. They go. They go out to party like across the street. And I gotta, they just, I gotta they, say, they, is, they leave their son in in their house. He brought the. He brought the wall. Yeah, he brought the him. thing. He brought the, the thing with him. It's not. T- I mean, it's. It was literally just across the street. So. I'm kind of jealous of 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 this type of neighborhood though, where everyone's like super friendly. Yeah. And just every Friday, someone's having a party. Yeah. And you just walk down the street and you go to your neighbor's house. Like I'm kind of jealous of that. Yeah. I love that. Like that. That camaraderie. Living, camaraderie. Yeah. yeah. It's it's great. Kinda we used to have. That. We used to have. Uh, I grew up in Bad Axe, and we would have a block party once. <laughs> Shut the... We kill you. Uh, we used to have I'll a block... Kill, I'll kill you with a cow. <laughs> we used to have a block party every summer where the whole... Nice. The whole shebang... And it started off with just, like, everybody on our block, including Jenny from mm-hmm. the next movie, Jenny oh. from the block. She was from my block. That's a... Oh, she that, was there? Yeah, that's a fun yeah. fact. Like, when Jenny says that she's from the block, and not to be... Um, uh, what is she not to be fooled by the rocks that she's got? Mm-hmm. Jenny from the block was Crack actually rocks. she was from my block. Crack rocks. That's a fun That's fact. What she's got Jennifer Lopez. And uh, <laughs> so no, we would have we would have this we'd have this block party. We they they'd put a huge tent in one of the yards. There would be karaoke. There'd be a bartender. Like it was a it was a pretty major thing every summer, and it was really awesome. And then over the years, like more people throughout town kind of got wind of it. Mm-hmm. So. By the by, the end of this thing, we would have like I don't know half the town there. Nice, which is which is which is an exaggeration, but I really am. It was really cool. It was a lot of fun. It's some of my best memories of being a kid. When I was a kid, we had something like that. It was it wasn't crazy. Like my my folks were friends with a lot of the other parents on the street, so they would occasionally go over there for drinks or whatever. Right, super rare for my folks, but like (laughs) they would they would do it occasionally. But it wasn't like maybe a nice white wine spritzer. Maybe, Um, but it wasn't. It was nothing like this, though. You know what I'm saying? Like it was nothing like go over. There's a keg on the like. I don't know. Well, this happens like several times throughout this movie too. There's there's the it huge happens all the time. There's the yeah. huge party across the street, and then like the next day or something, they're going to a football I, game and yeah, yeah. But but even before that, they're having they have a block party. Yeah, and that's kind of what it was like. It it, it just looks like uh, a giant a block tailgate. Party it's really cool. Featuring the dead man from Dead Man on Campus running through. <laughs> Did you know, I never remember the dude's name. The the crazy dude from Dead Man on Campus. He looks like one of the Angry Beavers. Yeah, damn it! Um, I can't think of his name. Spider but, Bolton. I yeah. can't think of his name though. What? But he runs. Oh, uh, Lachlan Monroe. Sure. No, I, he's I not. I don't no, know. That's not him. Oh, yes, it is. No. Oh, yes, it is. No, because he was a he was already a well established actor by mm, by I'm 1999. This could be a correction on your part. So. I mean, it's going to be a correction on your I part. I promise you. But um, <clears throat> anyway, so. Uh, geez, we got we got so far off course. <laughs> we really did. So they they end up at a party and uh, it's kind of winding down at the end of the night. And Kevin Bacon and his wife are sitting there mm-hmm. uh, with um, her sister, his sister in law, and she's this kind of hippie type who talks about 
this you know the spirit and chakra and hypnosis and all that crap that doesn't actually exist and uh, <laughs> um listen all i'm saying is I'm, i have seen people do some crazy shit under the guise of hypnosis that's all i'm saying i have i have literally seen it so whether you want to say that's fake or or not real i think it's a it's a pseudoscience and i think that there is something there I don't think okay. I think it's exaggerated a Here, lot of times. Here's but. here's what I think that when you see on TV like where they where they say a magic word and it makes somebody cluck like a chicken. Yeah, that's not real. To me, that's not real. Okay, I think that people are just playing along. I I do believe in hypnotism, but I believe it's like a deep state of relaxation where people become more uh, suggestible. Is that the is that the right word? Ah, uh, sure. They're they're, yeah. they're more they're more open to suggestion. Yeah. Okay. And. To me, it's more like it means you can kind of dig into memories a little more. Because I actually, well, actually, I'm kind of changing my tune on the fly here. Because I actually have heard about people who have been able to overcome their vices, like smoking. Yeah. From hypnotherapy. I'm changing my tune. I believe in him. I believe in hypnosis. <laughs> <laughs> no, I like I say it's a it's it's sort of a pseudoscience. Like they use like a lot of. Uh, like psychiatrists will use it or whatever, and but a lot of people consider psychology a pseudoscience, even though there nobody does. A lot of people, a lot of people don't believe in psychology. <laughs> nobody. That's not. That's true. I think you need to. I think you're. <laughs> I think you're mistaking it for some, no. Nobody. Nobody believes that psychology is a pseudoscience. People, no. Okay, fine. People believe that going to see a shrink though. People. A lot of people don't like going to see shrinks though because well, you hear they people don't say like that's, oh, that's what I'm getting at. Psychobabble bullshit. Yeah, but that's yes. not. That's not. Well, that's what I was talking about though. Like, like there's a lot of. Well, some people just don't think that it's useful. Sure. They don't. It's it's not you're that not, they think not that a it's pseudo doctor, science. Yeah, you're a psychologist. Like that. That's what I'm getting at. Which is like, a, which is outrageous because absolutely. because therapy does wonders for people. By I the mean, way, we we know people who have had wonders done in their lives through therapy. Yeah, the guy what? that I was talking about, his name's Lachlan. Uh, Lachlan Monroe. Yeah, Lachlan Monroe. That's him. He's not credited for it. Nah. Here's the thing, though. I'm going to I'm going to pull it up and show you. It's unmistakably him, and I honestly believe like he probably had just like. A random. He wasn't famous at this point. Dead Man on Campus was probably the first big thing that he had done where he was known for. And it was the exact same year. Mm. He probably did this uncredited. But it, I'm, I'm telling you, I'll it's take him. your word for I it now. But we're gonna, we're gonna pull this up at the That's break. That's fine. That's fine. Uh, all right. So anyway, we need to actually get yes. into this movie <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> so basically, he goes under hypnosis. He kind of thinks it's bullshit. Like they're just no. messing around. But he enters this state where. Uh, he ends up having these really like profound experiences and uh basically ends up seeing ghosts mm -hmm. she uh, she, she unlocks she her basically the thing is when he's under hypnosis she because he's very close-minded to things she puts the 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 idea in his head to be open to more things and right. that opens this unlocks this door in his brain and he basically becomes what they call a seer which Another part of the problem, or part, another part of the movie that I have a problem with later on in the movie, but uh, do, do they call him a seer, a receiver? Receiver, receiver. yeah, receiver. Which uh, Mike is also a noted receiver. <laughs> Power bottom. Uh, <laughs> but <laughs> I got nothing. <laughs> but uh, this is where I have a huge problem with her character because after she hypnotizes him, yes, he's obviously freaked out. Preach it. He wants to go home, like he's he's freaked out, and then after after that day, his whole life is thrown into a tailspin. Yes, and he can't he can't figure out what's going on, 
and he keeps telling his wife something weird is going on. I, it all stems from when your sister hypnotized me. Mm-hmm. I need to figure out what's going on. So then she goes to talk to Lisa, her sister, mm-hmm. and his wife's name is Maggie. So Maggie goes to talk to Lisa, and Lisa's like, "This all stems from something. Like I'm, I'm sure something's going on. Well, like, and then it's like." It all like she's. It's almost like she doesn't even like believe that she did anything. I don't think that she actually believes that what she did did anything. Like I don't. I don't think that she actually. It's almost like she doesn't believe. She told everybody that that she knows how to do this, but she doesn't act. She might know how to hypnotize someone to where they're they're in a weird state or whatever. Yeah. But it's almost like she doesn't actually believe in the power of hypnosis to open your brain to things. I disagree, only because. What we see of 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 what uh, what happened when he was under is mm-hmm. only what he saw. Like the whole, she sets up the scenario where he's sitting in a in a theater with the walls painted black, and he can only see the screen, and all he sees are blurry letters yeah. on the screen. And then he finally gets close enough to see the word sleep, and then it's it's like over in a in a in the in, an, in, instant, in yeah. an instant. And then he, when he comes out of it, they're telling him all these things that he did. Like we stuck. Uh, a safety pin through your hand and Which, did you read about this yeah hold on we'll, we'll get okay, to that in I'll a second say, yeah they say they say we stuck a safety pin through your hand and i told you to only bleed out of one side of the wound and you did yeah so she obviously knows okay, that that's worked. True. that's true oh did you just that's very true though no you're right she did so, so she knows that it worked so f- for her to basically kind of brush it off for the rest of the movie was really pissing me off i was like and and she kept yeah. saying like yeah, something's going on with him, but I don't know. Yeah. It's like, dude, maybe she just you're the reason take, that all this happened. Maybe she was just didn't want to take responsibility for it, though. She knew she fucked up and was just kind of playing coy and not wanting to admit that she did anything wrong. Well, and she even like even the, still, the way that the way that she worded <laughs> exactly. There's the b word, <laughs> bitch. I, the, even the way that even the way that she worded it, she's like. Um, you're very closed off, so I told you to be open. Like, not open-minded. She didn't say, you're going to be open-minded from now on. She said, you're going to be open to everything. Yeah. Everything that's going on around yep. you, you're going to be open to. Which, that opens up a really dangerous door sure. if you really believe in, like, the spiritual side. Butt stuff. Yeah, butt stuff. Big time. And... <laughs> <laughs> what a bummer, too. Like, uh... A bum. At- <laughs> <laughs> We're, like, five... That like his wife wakes him up later that night for some for some uh, for a little midnight special. Yeah. And and uh, yeah. <laughs> and they're going for it, and he can't he can't do it because yeah, he's, he's too freaked out well, by these visions. Images of, which of is such a Jennifer bummer Morrison, because when you get I gotta be honest with you, that'd be okay with me. Oh my gosh. Maybe not when she's sixteen, but <laughs> or when she's being murdered. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think about that. <laughs> but uh, like he. Like when you, if you're woken up for the midnight special, that's a good time in that's your a life. Very good time. And you, and when you can't you can't go through with it. It's a very bad time. Bummer. Yeah. Yeah. Bad time. Bad time. Um, so so, so anyway, he he basically ends up like after this point he becomes a receiver like and and he starts getting all these messages and visions from this seemingly ghost yeah. and and uh, also we should probably talk about the the sun. Yes. Without getting too specific. Well, he's a he's a natural <laughs> receiver. Like this is the kind of thing where you find out later on. There's a character that you meet later on that kind of puts things in the context, and that it's like a gene that's passed down. Even if you, even if it, you're not awakened to it, 
Which, by the way, was that not was that not a total Shining ripoff? Oh, I said I thought it was a Sixth Sense ripoff. <laughs> oh, like I got the look, either or because uh, like uh, Scatman Crothers, um, Halloran from from The Shining. Yeah, like he he immediately sees uh, uh, Danny Torrance Doc. You're right. Yeah, and 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 immediately recognizes the fact that he has the shine. Yeah, and this guy like uh, the the little kid. Runs it. <clears throat> no, Ooh, yeah, there's there mine. <laughs> he runs into the cemetery and he sees a um, a looks like a funeral for a police officer going on. And this one police officer turns and waves to him, and then afterward follow, follows him and his mom. And then it's kind of a, it's kind of a weird interaction between the two of them. And she's like, "Okay, we'll see you later." And then he goes, "That boy's got the eyes, doesn't he?" It is very similar. It's very it's very, very similar which, to the Shining. You know what though? Which is it, fine. They're talking about the same phenomenon. Yeah. Though. So it's okay. Like they're just no. I thought it was cool. I just I I thought it was kind of like a throwback to The Shining, yeah. but it, it definitely was. I got Here's, like a a Halloran uh, vibe from him. You know. So you had a problem with the bitch sister. Mm-hmm. I got a problem with, well, the bitch wife. <laughs> and I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. You have a guy that comes up to you and says, "I know without him him knowing them whatsoever. Mm-hmm. I know what your husband's going through. Yeah. I understand." what he is doing tell him to come see me and i can i help him through this mm-hmm. is basically what he says mm-hmm. so she does now granted she doesn't believe it at first so she goes to check it out herself right fine mm-hmm. fine i get that but once she realizes that this guy actually does know what he's talking about and he's making sense of the things that are happening to her husband why would she still keep that a secret why is this guy not a part of the movie after this Tell your husband you need to go see this guy. He can help you through this. Whatever's had, going on. I had that same issue. I think the only explanation I had for it was that maybe he was so far gone, like he was so obsessed with his no, own. No, because she still treats him like he's crazy afterwards. When he's digging in the backyard, she still is treating this as though like like he's just going crazy, and she doesn't understand why. To, she knows why. To be fair, she's taking it in stride pretty well because she if is, I but if my wife came home from work. And I had my kids out in the backyard digging holes, and I was digging a huge hole myself, and and seemingly had Listen, no explanation. I know for your it. wife. My she wife grab would a drink, freak out about. Sit underneath the umbrella, and she'd no. watch you guys dig. No, we don't. No, <laughs> no. That's um, a that's a freak out moment. But but even still, if your wife knew that there was somebody that knew what was going on, though, mm-hmm. she would do everything in her power to get you to that person to help you through it. Mm-hmm. And I never understood why they never went back to him. Like you introduce a guy. That has the answers, and then you just—he's gone. Like he, he's gone as, as quickly as he appears, and she still treats her husband like he's crazy, even mm-hmm. though she knows there is something else going on. Yeah, she she believes him when she when she talks to him, mm-hmm. and so it, it's it literally made no sense to me that she would not. Yeah. continue down that path. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah, it was kind of weird that they just sort of glossed over yeah, that it's aspect like, why of the would story. You, why would you even introduce that character if he's not going to have anything to do with with the story? Right. Even, even if he just went there, what, all you need is one more scene where Kevin Bacon goes and he explains to him, you are you are now a receiver of the other <laughs> side or whatever. Even if he just explains it to him. But if you did that, then you're, you're skipping a lot of the drama of the end of the movie. I mean, not really. Well, he's kind of figuring this stuff out on his own. You could you could have that scene, and it would be just as fine with the rest of it. It really would be. Yeah. I just think they missed it. Maybe they maybe it was in the script and they cut it. Who knows? But like, he does that that character does seem like the kind of guy that maybe was <laughs> a, a a victim of script cutting. It's possible. Yeah. Um, 
Especially because, like, the, the interaction was really weird when she went to see him. Uh-huh. Because she goes, like, she's trying to find where he is, and then she ends up down this dark alley and knocks on this door looking for him. And there's, there's a whole group, there's, of, people there's a whole group of people back in this room who seem really kind of... Uh, Standoffish. Not even standoffish. They're almost kind of militant about it. Well, like sure. Like, oh, this isn't a fucking freak show. Like, tell her to go away. And like, who are these group of people? And why they're are they all convened here? Yeah, they're like very protective of this gift that they have. Right. But they don't really like. We as the audience are kind of forced to put that together. Like, why? Why are they so protective of it? Why do they hate outsiders so much? Perhaps I, the sequel starring Rob Lowe will give us the answer. Oh, that's another part of tonight's show that i i glossed over or right. i didn't even I, I didn't even gloss over it i didn't mention it yet but both of these movies have sequels that were not well received no <laughs> so, so that's also part of our theme tonight <laughs> just like my first we should beer. do it we just should like my first beer was not well received <laughs> <laughs> we should do another show another uh like a 2.0 of the show where next we watch week? the sequels no not next week that'd be too much <laughs> uh where we do the sequels to these two movies I'm down, because uh, the the the, the In, second the second uh, episode, cell movie episode does not look good. Episode one hundred ninety, we are there going to do yeah. cell two yep. and stir of echoes. I too. like that. Actually, no, because I want to watch those sooner. So you can watch them sooner. That's true. You just have to watch um, them again. Yeah. So that was my big problem. That was my biggest part of the movie that I was like, I just never understood that. It, mm-hmm. it does not make any sense. It, it really, it really doesn't. Um, so yeah, that was my that was my big takeaway from from that. Just to go back to the sun real quick. So yep. it's uh, basically from the very beginning of the movie, you you kind of know that he's able to see things that nobody else can he see. He sees dead people. Yeah, definitely a sixth yeah. sense sort of thing. When did the sixth sense come out? I don't know. The sixth. I think of I, something. I think after this movie, right? It was, did been. this movie come first? I'm not gonna say they ripped it. I'm not gonna say that either. No, one no, no. Uh, no, off, I'm not but... saying it's a ripoff. I'm just saying it's definitely the idea like, that in the kids same... are more susceptible to seeing ghosts. Oh, that's a like a universal thing. Yeah. Thing, so yeah. <clears throat> um, I will say this though. There's a uh, there's a scene that is so terrifying to me. The Sixth Sense came out the same year. Oh well, there you go. Interesting. That is so terrifying to me uh, because of something that I experienced when I was younger and not like a paranormal thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a part where they're trying to get the son to talk about it. And and he's talking in his normal voice and then he goes, la, 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 talk to me. Just talk to me. And he, his voice lowers Ooh, and it's creepy. I just got chills and it's when like, you talk. <laughs> right? When I was in elementary school, uh, in music class, which is no longer a thing because Americans hate music. Mm-hmm. Um, but we had a, a music <laughs> class in elementary school. And uh, Mr. Dries was his name, was my teacher. Mr. Dries. And every year, because it was the same teacher you know, throughout elementary school. He, re- he replaced Mace- Mr. Makes Wet. <laughs> <laughs> Daddy. Um, <laughs> Gross. Um, so... We would play this record, and, I, and I've, I have every time I think about it, I try to track it down, can't find it. So I don't know what it is, don't know who it was by, but it was this record that we listened to in elementary school around Halloween time that was like this creepy kids horror kind of thing, right? And it was about a kid that had a, like a speak and spell or something like that that they kept in a chest, and it would talk in the middle of the night, like, play with me. Dude, you're, think- no, 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 no. Like, dude, you're thinking of a Dane Cook bit. No, no, yep. I'm not. No, play I'm not. with me. No, well, this is... Play fuck. with no, me. No, in fairness, 
That's that's a Dane Cook bit. No, 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 no. I, I know this. I, I remember smelling Mitchell School, and to be honest with you, he might have fucking stolen it from that. He's well, not that much older than us. Well, he is. He, if this oh, was a, if this he's was quite a, a bit older well, than us, but but, but he's also but he's also around, he's also known for stealing materials. So. If this was a thing that was around for a while, though, yeah. it's extremely possible. Play with me. But no, it was a toy that was in like a cabinet that would like, and the dad got up with a baseball bat and he was like beating the thing. Like like there was a whole thing about it, but it was like a musical horror thing, and it's that sound of like the voice just mechanically dropping the mm-hmm. like and slowing down right. that is terrifying to me because me when i was like nine years old yeah i heard this in my music class uh-huh. and so the sound that they they i'm like oh god like they got, <laughs> it hits me so hard because it, it is it, a, it is a like weird a primal part. fear like that i have <clears throat> well it's weird too is it, because it's you would think that if uh, if the the spirit of this girl is trying to communicate with him that yeah. it would sound like a girl's voice but it comes out as a deep a deep voice. Yeah. Because they're asking him questions, and then uh, the boy starts to talk as if he's, uh, like he's saying, stop asking. He he actually says, stop asking the boy questions. Yeah. Like he's speaking in third person. Like she's speaking through him. Right. Stop yeah. asking the boy questions. Just talk to me. <laughs> That's creepy. It reminds <laughs> me of, um, I don't even remember if this movie is any good or not, but there's a movie called The Others. With uh, Nicole Kidman. Yep, it's good. Dude, that is good. There's one scene in that movie that used to just give me the creeps so bad. And it was, uh, there was uh, a, a little girl playing on the floor with like some marionettes or something. Mm-hmm. And she had a veil over her face. And uh, Nicole Kidman's character walks in and says, where's my daughter? And she looks up at her and you can see underneath the veil is the face of an old woman. She goes, Can oh, you see behind the veil? Beyond the veil. Oh. <laughs> and she looks up at her and she goes, are you mad? I am your daughter. But it's a f- the face of this yeah. like decrepit old woman. Oh my gosh. There was that always a, um, gave me the chills. There's an old TLC song that gave me the creep. Uh, there's another part of <laughs> there's another part of this movie. You got a creep. <laughs> you got a creep. Um, that I was completely flabbergasted by. Uh, because it's it's so unrealistic that it actually took me out of the movie. Yeah. Uh, they, they live in the heart of Chicago, right? Chicago. They're like downtown Chicago. Downtown like, Chicago. Now, a brownstone is more New York. The But, but like, right? Isn't it kind of like a New York thing, living in a brownstone? Nah, I don't I think there's brownstones everywhere. Well, would you consider the type of houses that they live in Chicago sort of like that? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, okay. So I think you're in, thinking more Boston than New York. Maybe, maybe. Maybe that's why. That, maybe that's why you think that Mystic River is so much like it. They, I, I put it this way, it's the kind of like the houses that are like very indicative of those types of big cities, mm-hmm. though, right? So you know they're close to downtown. They have the they have the um the rail cars going the subway, yeah, going yeah, right yeah. above them. They're they're in the heart of downtown. Mm-hmm. And the most unbelievable part of this entire movie is the fact that he makes reference that he pays eight hundred dollars a month for that house. No, 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 no. Eight hundred dollars a month for the water bill. Oh, is that what it was? That's what it was. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I, I'm assuming eight hundred dollars no, a month for rent. Yeah, no, Bullshit. no, because it's 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 when he's trying to wet wet the ground to make yes, it easier to yes. dig, and then the the water won't work, and he goes, eh, eight hundred dollars. No, he's talking about his water okay. bill. So in that case, can you imagine? Like, that's crazy. I don't understand people who live in cities like this where yeah. your if your water bill is eight hundred dollars, you're come to Michigan. It's like a hundred bucks. I think I, I think I, th- like I, I live with two crazy children who run the water, like literally for, 
like hours at a time yeah playing in the sink and stuff like that my water bill is like a hundred bucks this is this is why leave chicago come to michigan in the world because your kids are just running water all yeah the time. that's why thanks kids yeah <laughs> <laughs> no but like i, I was like flabbergasted i'm like eight hundred dollars a month that's what you fucking pay bullshit yeah no Clearly, it was bullshit. It's because you heard it wrong. Um, I, I don't have much more to add to this. It's a great movie. Um, it, we, we've pointed out a lot of things that are wrong with it, but the movie itself, though, is really good. We it, really didn't. I, we didn't really talk about the plot all that much, which okay. is which it's, is fine. It's, uh, uh, it's him trying to figure out who the ghost is. That's that's the movie. I mean, yeah. You can't. That, there's not much more to it than that. Right. Um, I do love the ending, though. Um, excuse me. I do love the ending. I love how they find it and Reverend. He's like trying to trying to be the good neighbor and the way things come to a head I thought was kind of cool it, it it's definitely if you've never seen the movie before it definitely kind of catches you I think by surprise how it ends yeah um he ba- the- he basically finds out who did it? He through this pieces. through this psychic connection that he has with the girl who who done it yeah he scooby-doo's the shit out of the ghost yeah <laughs> uh well, sort of well shit they're working in, in conjunction yeah I I kind of like the idea that uh like they 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 basically say um, the ghost is kind of getting mad that you're yeah. not doing what it wants you to do, so that's why you're starting to see these like weirder and weirder visions. I kind of like that because the the whole idea behind a ghost is uh you know they say that ghosts if you're going by especially by like Japanese lore, ghosts are left on this this earth because. Oh no! I guess this is more American. Ghosts, ghosts in Japanese lore, because they died in some horrific way, sure, and it's sure. like so. Like if you're if you're going by whatever lore, a ghost is somebody who has unfinished business. A ghost is a ghost of ghost of ghost. <laughs> <laughs> so like, she wanted to be found. Yeah. And I kind of like the idea that she kind of she ramps up the the craziness and ramps up the scariness in order to get him to do what she wants him to do. Okay, I have one more thing that I I want to question about this movie. They use they use the R word in this question movie. Question everything. Okay. Yes, they do. To describe uh, Jennifer Morrison's character oh, who okay. passed away. Yeah. Um, the, the word I'm referencing, I hate it, but retard. retard. Yeah. Um, I don't understand that characterization of her character, because she did not come across in the way that at least she portrayed that character did not come across as somebody who was mentally handicapped whatsoever i don't think that that's what they were trying to get at i think well because obviously people people use that word loosely loosely sure and i get that i think but that why put it in there though they they kind of refer to even though that one, i think even, it, i think it's it, just the one guy that uses that word right but they but they they actually, I think the sister even says that she was that her sister was like special needs or something like that, didn't, didn't she? Uh, I think I she th- might have. No, 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 not the not the sister. I think because he says it a couple of times, and then um, uh, Kevin Dunn's character uh, Frank says, yeah. "Don't, don't, don't use that word." And then somebody says, "Well, she was a little bit slow." Like she... I still didn't get that from her character, though. She seemed very, like for all intents and purposes, cognitively normal. Like, like. Like well, I, de- I, I don't know. I don't know. I definitely saw like there. So the scene where she she was shy, like she, maybe she was a little bit more reserved, but like the way her delivery of lines, the way that she was speaking, did not give me any hint though of any type of impairment or anything. And I thought that was a little bit odd. That was kind of something that they were kind of lynching it on. You know, this is it's it's kind of like a. 
like this would this would take more discussion than probably like than but. the time that we have right now but i think it's like we said people use that word loosely yeah which is terrible and uh i th- i think that i don't know it's hard it's hard to describe yeah like i i, I see i i saw in her character like why she may have been like she was very she's very mousy is, is, that, is that a fair way of no, saying it? Like no, she was she's very, very well. She's very suggestible. Like she, like and agreeable. Like the guy, the guy told her to come into the house, and like he was, th- he she was, was obviously, but, he was obviously taking advantage of the fact that. But she was also very aware to push back, though. Very aware. The well, second any, it got well, weird, any, like, anybody would be aware enough sure, to but she push was back. Very, in that situation. she was very articulate about pushing back, though. She was. I don't like the way that she was. The way that she was pushing back does I, not strike me as somebody who was easily taken advantage of. She wanted friends, and she thought maybe that was a way to get it. I think that I think that Which, you're, I think that you're honing in on on it a little bit too much. I think maybe. like I think it that guy was just an ignorant ass. Yeah, and that's how he chose to describe her. Like she may have been, she may have been socially abnormal. Not not abnormal. (laughs) Socially awkward. Socially awkward, maybe. I don't know. Like they never really dive into it. They don't. They don't really talk about like if she if she had any like if she was completely neurotypical or not. Yeah, I don't know. But they they but they they portray her as being not though. I guess is my point, and that's kind of where I'm like, she really wasn't though. I don't, in yeah. in the in the one big scene, I I could see like like I said where she was probably more agreeable than than most people would be in that situation, and not not quite as aware of what was really going on yeah. until it started, and then obviously her instincts kicked in. But I don't yeah. I don't I just think that that guy was an asshole. That's fair. <laughs> I think that's all it was really. That's fair. Um. Okay. So uh, that's that's Sturbeckos. Sturbeckos. Great title, by the way. Yes. I love that title. How sweet, too, was the super inappropriate 90s R&B song at the end when the credits rolling? (laughs) That doesn't fit the movie whatsoever. You loved it. (laughs) It was like Sade or something like that. (laughs) Sade? I think that's... Sade. 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 Oh, sorry. Sade, get your house. (laughs) Yo, Sade. Um... Yeah, anyway. Oh, we didn't go back to this. The safety pin scene. Uh, they hired a real stunt guy. Oh, yeah. To get a real safety pin pushed through the real meat of his hand. They paid a guy to do this. What you're seeing on sc- on screen during that scene is real. Yeah. Crazy. I mean, it's, it's, Been there, it's, no, cra- it's no crazier than getting a piercing. I mean, it's a little bit more. So the, the, I mean, it's between your thumb and your index finger. It was, right, like, it was right here. It's pretty meaty there though there that's that doesn't feel good well you have you have your ears pierced i've had my i've had i've had my lip and that's way thicker than any of those i've had my nose pierced like if you think about your nose piercing that's like all okay that's not that though that's way thicker but that's i could push a pin through that right now i want to see it get get a pin no i I don't want to get a pin but (laughs) i don't i don't know it's no different than it's no different than any piercing really Oh, Speaking fair. of piercings, let's get into the cell because yeah. there's some gnarly ones in this there are movie. Some. Um, so the cell from the year oh crap, I just closed two thousand. Go ahead. <laughs> the year two thousand. Uh, directed by a guy named uh, Tarsum Singh, uh, who directed a movie called The Immortals. I never saw it, but I always wanted to. The Immortals. It's a, yeah, it's that real CGI heavy like three hundred looking movie. Oh yeah. He directed that a movie called Selfless. 
which I've heard Southwest, of, yeah. never seen it. However, what I have seen is the R.E.M. Losing My Religion music video. He directed that. Which he recreated in this uh, movie. In this movie. Yep. Have you ever, he also did another movie which a lot of the visuals from this movie are, I'd say well, like the costume design and mm-hmm. stuff like that are shared in the, a movie called The Fall that he did. Have you ever seen that? I have not, no. It's another very like like we were talking about this movie earlier it's very visually stunning. Very, oh, that, that, the, if there's one way to describe it it's, it's exactly that. The, the Fall is the same I same I, way. I it's really not, it's not, a hor- it it's not a horror movie. But it's it's definitely like yeah, inspired, yeah. Yeah, as far as the the visuals and stuff go, it's really gotcha. right in line with it. But uh, so this is about an FBI agent who persuades a social worker who is adept with a new experiment who persuades a social <laughs> worker who is adept with a new experimental technology to enter the mind of a comatose serial killer in order to learn where he has hidden his latest kidna- kidnap victim. Mm-hmm. Um, so this movie is starring uh, Jenny from the Block. Jenny from the Block. J Lo. Yeah. Jennifer Lopez. J Lo. Uh, Which, like, she's. I, I guess I, I. I don't really think about it that often, but as far as like crossover, crossover artists go, she's got to be one of the most successful. Absolutely. As far well, as she like started, she started in. Did she started well. I think she started with dance. Yeah, she was a dancer for In Living Color. Yeah. There was actually a question a fly, on uh, fly girl. HQ Trivia the other day. It was like, uh, which act or which uh, songwriter had the most, uh, or had an Academy Award or, or whatever, like one of those kind of things. Mm-hmm. Was it Will Smith? Was it Eminem or, uh, or J-Lo for their song and movie at the same time? Oh, really? An so Academy you, Award? So everyone put like Eminem or one of the awards them. Um, and everyone put Eminem thinking Eight Mile and his oh, hit song yeah. along with it, but it was actually J Lo with one of her uh, movies that she did. Do you I know? Don't, you don't know which one nah, it was? I don't remember. Hmm. Jenny from the Block. You just got to. I'm still Jenny from the Block. She's and man, like even to this day, just just beautiful. Really is, like super is. And uh... anyway, uh, so <laughs> <laughs> I have to get on that weird topic. Um, <laughs> I mean, we could uh, if Vincent, you want to. Let's get weird, Vincent D'Onofrio. <laughs> um, <laughs> let's get weird with it. Listen, listen. Uh, there For are himself. there are very few actors that are as versatile and just like can do literally anything. They reinvent themselves every single role they play to the point where they're almost like unrecognizable. And he's one of those guys. Like I, I had seen movies with Vincent D'Onofrio. I never knew who he was. Never knew that it was him. Never, never said, "Oh, I've seen that guy before." Because literally, he looks different every single time you see him. Well, it's funny um, though because he doesn't. I mean, like this was definitely. I'd say this role was definitely uncharacteristic for him. For the most part, though, he's he plays, especially in his later movies, he plays pretty straightforward. Just himself you know he, what i mean i mean he does sometimes yeah but like he also played kingpin in the daredevil series on that's Netflix. true oh yeah that's and that true. was so outside shaved head the mm-hmm. whole deal like it didn't seem like him at all um his other roles are absolutely escaping me but the, he's he's <laughs> done a lot of other stuff though that i just never recognized him from mm-hmm. quite frankly stuff i never in a million years would have known that it was him um and and this movie's no different he's he's incredible uh you have vince vaughn playing a dramatic role um that he's actually I think he's pretty good at. It. I I like when comedians play dramatic roles. I do too. I, I, it makes them more believable almost, because it seems them more like they're not trying to be funny and this is just them. Yeah. You know, um, and he's and he was very very good. Uh, Jake Weber is in this playing uh, Although... Chef Gordon Ramsay. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, nope, just Gordon Ramsay. Uh, Jake Weber, though, from uh, the Dawn of the Dead remake uh, and a bunch of other stuff. Mm-hmm. I, that's where I know him best from. Uh, and then Pruitt Taylor Vince. Love this guy. He shows up in a lot of movies and supporting roles. He was the... Love that guy. Love that guy. Uh, he was the main antagonist, or protagonist, I should say, in <laughs> uh, Devil's Candy. Which oh, was, was a he? fantastic movie. I haven't yeah, seen it yet. With uh, Ethan Embry. Mm-hmm. Uh, newer movie, but uh, he, he shows up in a lot of stuff. He was in... Um, <coughs> oh, God. Why, why did none of these people's other movies come to me? They never do. <laughs> You're doing really awesome tonight. I know. I know. Uh, you know what? Just go past it. I'll figure it out. <laughs> Swear to God. Figure it out. Um, so, anyway, basically what you have is um, J-Lo. Mm-hmm. plays this this uh she's basically a child psychologist and they develop this technique of uh constantine it, huh? sorry he's in yeah. constantine he plays a, a father he plays a priest in oh. constantine sorry. Was, he, was he the one that drowned himself in alcohol yep because that was he really yep that was him because that was a gnarly scene um uh they they developed this technique of allowing uh jennifer lopez's character catherine to kind of cross over into the other person's consciousness, which is interesting because you end up, she ends up being put into basically, you know, like think of your wildest dreams. Like think of, think of the things that you dream about every night. And she's actually in those settings with these people. Absolutely. Doing therapy sessions, Mm -hmm. which is pretty crazy. Uh, it, It opens up in this like vast desert scene and she finds this little boy in the middle of this oasis, and she's trying to connect with him, but he says that there's this monster that's keeping him there. And it turns out, so so basically, he ends up having the same, kind of the same condition that Vincent D'Onofrio's character has, mm-hmm. only it's set in way earlier in his life. They have this specific type of schizophrenia that's caused by a virus. Mm-hmm. And it can it it can lie dormant for years and years and years, like it like in Vincent D'Onofrio's uh, uh, case, uh, Starger Carl Starger, mm-hmm. like in his case, it can lie dormant and then all of a sudden just it, it can just take over and then you basically go into this completely catatonic, catatonic state. Yep. It happened way earlier for this young boy, so she's got she's kind of working on that, and then uh, the boy gets taken out of her care. Which is because oh uh, well they give her they give her like six months yeah they say that she has six months to, because the the parent uh, the dad in particular is getting kind of fed up with her doing this and it seems like it's not helping at all which is yeah. so I mean, stupid like if you have this revolutionary technology to allow somebody to literally go into your son's mind and and do therapy sessions with him in this like in this dream world of yeah. his why would you not just continue. Well, it's probably super expensive. First, I'd rather put him on the pills. Yeah, <laughs> I just uh, I, I didn't get the the motivation behind the father's uh, yeah well, choice in that in that. In the that motivation way, but... was to drive the movie forward. Yeah, that's pretty so, much it. So anyway, uh, you have Carl Starger played by Vincent D'Onofrio, and he is a serial killer, and he has these this very specific method of dispatching women, which mm-hmm. is he puts them in this automated tank that drowns them slowly over time. Mm-hmm. And then once they drown, he dips them in a bath of bleach to like completely take out all the color in their skin and their eyes turn blue. And then he kind of makes like 
dolls out of them. Like yeah, it's People weird. dolls. And then it's he, hot, but it's weird. And <laughs> super hot, super <laughs> sexy. But... And then, uh, and then. I mean, he started off. He started off though, because they 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 do go back to like his fur, his first, and he did it in just a bathtub. So you can see that he upgraded from just drowning somebody in a bathtub to this big cage apparatus that he's that he's built, where where he drowns them very slowly. So you can see that he's moved on from like, well, like small I, game to big game. You know. I don't, <laughs> I don't even know if he like did he even drown that first one because I'm there was sure. blood everywhere. Well. Yeah, I mean, maybe, I maybe, maybe know, not. Maybe it started off even even more crimson. That I, you know, I, whatever. But um, so basically, what happens is uh, they they find his they find his most recent victim, and he's getting kind of sloppy with his work, which is suggesting to the 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 FBI profiler uh, Vince Vaughn. It's kind of suggesting to him that he wants to be captured. Yeah, and so. They uh, they're kind of hot on his trail at this point, and then they find out that he has abducted one more girl, and then. But they 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 pretty much figure out that they have about forty eight hours. Like usually, he by the time from the time that he kidnaps somebody to the time that to they're the time dead, they drown. Yeah. There's, there's there's a certain time frame, so right. they're freaking out because he went into this catatonic state. Right. And well, they they manage to track him down, but by the time they find him, his virus has taken Pe- over peaked, basically and yeah. he's in he's in this comatose state so now you have this man in custody but you can't ask him anything because he's in a comatose state and you have a woman off somewhere who mm-hmm. within the next 40 hours is going to drown if you don't figure out how to find her yep. so they they find out about uh Catherine and her techniques for getting into people's brains and they go to her and ask if she can enter this world this mind world of the madman. Yeah, and that's that's essentially is, the movie. Yeah, which is where the whole thing kind of kicks off. Yeah, so she goes into his brain, and it's from just, that point gets fucking it's, crazy. It's just a visually stunning um, exercise in literally life imitating art. Is that a good way of putting it? Literally. Lit- no, well, li- it's <laughs> it is literally. no, it's it's actually it's actually art imitating art. Well, okay, fine. Because in in the movie, there's a like when every time she enters his mind, there's two different versions of of him. She she meets up speaking with the speaking of that. Speaking of that, what? Um, can you enter my mind's IPA? Yeah, that wasn't that good. Yeah, that wasn't yeah. that good. It wasn't that good. <laughs> Boom. Um, every time she enters his mind, she either meets up with the like the eight year old boy version of him, who mm-hmm. seems curious about her, who seems like he actually wants help. Well, this and is back when the... he was a kid and was not fucked up yet. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, he still had, like, a stable mindset, if you will. Well, and it's like... like he was re- terrified, but he was really, still normal. They really make you... F- like, like Carl Starger as, a, as an adult is a monster. Mm-hmm. Like, he does these terrible things to these women. But they really, in a weird way, make you feel for him. Because you, you see him as a, as a young child in this... Uh, like not fantasy realm but like his like inside his mind mm-hmm. and you see some of the things that he went through as a child and it it's really makes up. you it really makes you feel bad for him like Absolutely. he he had this terrible his, life his where his father, father was, was horribly abusive and yeah his dad was the real monster in this entire story cause... but at the but at the same time there's an interaction between uh Catherine and what was Vince Vaughn's character's name uh Peter Novak yeah there's an interaction between them where 
she says uh she says something about how you know once once people have gone through this sort of trauma in their life there's just no there's just no hope for them there's no pulling them back without and he says to her in a very kind of ambiguous way he's like he's like people can go through worse than what he went through and still come out on top sure which definitely gave me the idea that he had gone through some shit when he was a kid yeah you know what i mean yeah and then also the stuff that he saw as a he was an attorney before he became an fbi profiler Mm -hmm. and uh he someone got off detail yeah he details some stuff that was pretty gnarly that he went through he went he went from trying to persecute them to just catching them right basically so I think I think more than anything, let's just let's talk about the visuals of this well, that's, movie because that's, that's, why that's, this movie that's where this movie lives. It, yeah, know? that that's why this movie exists. It's 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 an exercise in in just visual storytelling mm-hmm. is what it is. Yep. Everything else is sort of a backdrop to this, um, and it's it's this we, movie looks a lot like if you told me that Clive Barker made this movie, I would absolutely believe you. It, uh, it reminds me a lot of, um, of a movie called Lord of Illusions uh, in the fact that this movie has really good textures. I know that might sound weird, but like everything has a very unique, tangible texture to it. Like whether it be like 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 um, like dry mud that's cracked or whatever, mm-hmm. and it's and it's very this or mm-hmm. the fabrics that they use is very like high def. I watched the high def uh, the high def transfer. Of this yeah. is fantastic. But you see everything. It's very texture oriented and it's yeah, very the, color uh, oriented. The costume design in this movie was oh, awesome, incredible. Yeah. Um, they uh, and also what we said earlier about it, it might have been confusing since we didn't actually uh, say what we meant, but it's it was art imitating art in mm-hmm. that within this uh, mind world of his, a lot of the scenery is taken from different artists. Uh, like like different paintings and stuff yep. like that. Like there's a there's a scene where uh, she goes in and she meets up with the eight year old Carl Starker and he has a horse standing there. And um, what a cool scene! Too. Very cool scene. And she walks up to him and she's tr- kind of trying to appeal to him as you know, just like this, just this really nice lady who wants mm-hmm. to get to know him. And he obviously knows that something bad is about to happen and he kind of backs away. Yep. He actually pushes her out of the way. Which is kind of shows his humanity that there mm-hmm. that still somewhere deep in his mind there is humanity left, sure. and he pushes her out of the way, and then all of a sudden these like eight panes of glass come down and chop this horse into eight sections, like cross sections, and, and then spreads, spreads like apart. Accordions out, and that's an. Have you ever actually seen the the actual piece of art that that's based off of? Yes, but it was not fresh in my brain, so I knew that I knew that it was familiar, and I know that I have seen it before. <clears throat> Uh, I had not seen it recent enough. I did not look it up, but I know I knew what it was. It's based off of a. Uh, hold on, I have it right here. Um, what I thought was cool about it is they actually showed the organs and stuff pumping still. Yeah. In the horse, which yeah. I thought was a really cool because the touch. horse was like freshly cut. Yeah. Um, the scene in which the horse is cut into segments suspended in glass cases is is inspired by the art of British artist Damien Hirst. Do you have a picture of it? Uh, the installation is called the uh, called some comfort gained from the acceptance of the inherent lies in everything. Uh, I'll pull it up real quick. Okay. But um, so then you also have there's a scene that's inspired by uh, an H.R. Geiger painting. Which, well, there's, a, there's a whole section of the movie I think that's very H.R. Geiger. Yeah. Uh, 
inspired. Like she's, if I remember, if it's if it's the correct scene I'm thinking of, um, Jennifer Lopez, uh, her character wakes up sort of in this box, and she pushes up out of the top of the box, and then as she's going out, everything flips around. Now she's falling. Yeah, like it's a weird perspective shift. And now she's falling, and she's like held up by I think by her ankles or whatever. And the whole room that she is in, this huge, massive cavern of a room, it looks like the inside of an alien ship from the movie Alien. Yeah, like it's it's very H.R. Geiger. Like yeah. It, it, oh, it's so good. But the actually, do you know what what scene was actually based off of one of his paintings? No, it, it wasn't even really like it. Almost looked more like uh, Ishirian, like a, like an M.C. Escher painting. Mm-hmm. It was the scene where she runs in. To it was right after the the horse scene, and she runs into the room where it's like this massive room with weird staircases everywhere. Yeah, it wasn't as many weird stairs. I know what you're talking I, about. I think it was actually probably only like two or three staircases, yeah, it but it almost looks crazy, like an M.C. Escher painting. Yeah, where she's that like, was actually she's based through the door wall, or the door frame, or whatever, and she sees him running up. Yeah, yeah, that was actually based off of uh, an H.R. Geiger painting. Okay, cool. Here's the, this is the actual. Um, uh, some comfort gained from the inherent lies and everything, or whatever the hell it's no, called. That's a painting. I think no, it's a it's an actual. Oh, so that was a real it's thing. an actual art installation. Yeah, did, it's did, a, it's they didn't a, do that to a real horse, did they? No, I think it's a. I think it's a bull. Was it real? And though? I do think it's real. Yeah. Holy shit! I'll have to look into it. Like we'll make this a correction for next. I'm next week. I'm not yeah, going to actually. Yeah, please do. Um, I'm actually very interested in that. But he actually like he actually has I, a lot. What does the vegan say about that? <laughs> <laughs> Like here's one that's a a bull shark, or something like that. Holy shit! Yeah. So this is a thing that this guy does. It's a real yeah. It's a real. Wow. That's weird. Yeah. I didn't know. I didn't realize that there was like a lot of different uh, installations on that. Yeah, it's pretty gnarly. Hmm. Yeah, look them up. It's 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 pretty crazy stuff. And then there's a there's another one where um, uh, when Peter so Peter Novak ends up going into the, the, contraption as well, mm-hmm. and he, when he wakes up, there's these three women sitting behind him like in a toad field and they're all just all o-faced they're all sitting there o-faced they're all (laughs) sitting there with like their mouths wide open with their heads turned up toward the sky and i really like this scene too where like the choreography between these three actresses the way they speak because one will start speaking and then the other will uh, like look at him and start speaking the end of that line, and then the other, and then the first one will turn her mouth back toward the sky as that one finishes yeah, the line, it's, it's, and then the third one takes it's takes like a up synchronized from there. like yeah. swimming thing where like every, it's like right on the tail of somebody else. Right. Somebody, yeah, it's it's really cool. I thought that was really cool, but that's that's uh, that was based off of uh, uh, now I forget I was talking about him See, earlier. Yeah, and I I, you know all this stuff. I don't I don't know anything about this. Uh, odd odd nerd Nordstrom. What the hell is odd, this? Odd, odd, odd Nerdrum. Odd Nordstrom. Odd nerd. Odd Nordstrom, <laughs> where you can buy pants that <laughs> cost way too much. Pants uh, with O faces. <laughs> that's based off of an odd Nerdrum painting. Um, we we mentioned the losing my religion set. Yep. Like where he was uh, he gutting, re- gutting re- the woman in the bathtub. Yep. Yeah. So. It's pretty cool. Like yeah, it, it is really cool. This is um this is a study in art. This movie really is. Like this is, and and the odd thing is, typically speaking, movies like this don't get a lot of critical praise, mm-hmm. and they don't get a lot of critical um, or, or not not even critical, but mainstream attention. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this one did. This was a big movie when it came out. This was a big Hollywood movie, and 
when you look at it in retrospect, like there's no reason it should have been. Like nowadays, this movie wouldn't even be given the time of day. You know, this would so? be this would be an independent movie at best. Yeah. You know, with people that made it that believed in it because it was art for the sake of art. Right. Um, I just don't. You don't see many movies like this anymore. And well, even also, back then, I mean, it was it, kind of a rarity. But it's like, also a really compelling story, though, too. You know, like mm-hmm. the idea of actually, like, literally getting into the mind of a serial killer. Like nowadays, you might get it now that horror is kind of like the, the like genre movies are kind of like coming more forefront. On a big upswing, yeah. Like I, I just heard that the Quiet Place or A Quiet Place, mm-hmm. has overtaken Get Out for the highest grossing genre. Oh, really? Yeah. It's, or it's made more money than Get Out, though, and Get mm-hmm. Out had set records. Uh, so that's pretty cool. Um, but yeah, like, like to get a movie like this made on like at that scale, to get this kind of reception is, is rare these days. It was probably rare back then, too, though. Like, this is... Then again, though, this is around the time when, like, Silence of the Lambs won... Oscar, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like, so it was still around, I suppose, but you just didn't see it very often. You know, like, it wasn't a mainstay. Um, and have a, a big actress like J Lo, like she was big at that time. You know, like like and she still is, but you know, it's it's kind of cool. Like it, it's it's a weird it's a weird combination of things. I don't think that you're going to likely see again mm-hmm. on that scale, at least. Yeah, that that's my takeaway from it. Um. Yeah, I, I just, uh, I'm looking at my notes here, and the one that keeps coming out to me is Vincent D'Onofrio is a goddamn legend. <laughs> That's my note. Because he's so good. Vincent D'Onofrio's character goes through so many different interpretations of this mm-hmm. movie. Like, every almost every time you see him, he looks different. And every incarnation of his character is amazing. And that's, he is such a good actor that they're all different. That's and, what and I, it, Oh, my God. That's what I love so much about it. It's just like, I mean, it, who knows what's really going on in the mind of somebody who's completely out of their mind. But the the idea of going into somebody's, you know, like I said, literally going into a serial killer's mind and seeing what's going on in there, mm-hmm. it's I'm sure it's probably actually more of a jumbled mess than what is actually happening probably. in his mind. But, like, they, they say, like... Uh, the first time that she encounters him, which I think is actually my favorite, uh, my favorite incarnation of his character, she comes out of it because uh, she has like basically a panic button inserted into her, into her hand, and yeah. like if she's it's, in the exact same spot that Kevin Bacon had a safety been pushed oh, through his hand, another connection. Oh my gosh! <laughs> um, when she comes out of it, she says he's he is no like there is no more Carl Starger. There's only this like godlike. Figure. There's only yeah. There's there's only this godlike figure that he's made up in his own mind, and what that was, was my that was my favorite incarnation of him. Just because of I was like literally how going to ask you what your favorite incarnation was. I really like that one because when she first it's it's your it's your first um it's your first exposure to him as this god, mm-hmm. and she walks into this room and he's sitting up on this throne. And there's these huge, yes. like purple drapes that are going through the I've entire. I've never seen anything like this before. It's so. It's cool. It's really cool. There's these visually stunning. Yeah. Which is. Can I can I finish? No. I'm gonna, I, you mind if I'm I gonna, finish? I'm going to keep ejaculating all over the scene because so, it was so good. In in real life, like one of the things that he would do after he killed somebody is he had fourteen like giant metal rings. Uh, pierced through his back and his legs for like suspensions yeah. for uh, you know people do suspensions, suspensions. and re- yeah. yeah 
and he would do that in real life. We say that like it's such a normal thing. <laughs> well, I mean, I think that everybody's like relatively familiar with body suspensions, but he would do that in real life. So this first incarnation of him in this world still had those. But what she saw was uh, she she ended up in this room where she saw him sitting up on this throne. Oh, actually, she hadn't even seen him yet. That was the scariest part about it. Like, she had her mm-hmm. back turned to him, and you see him stand up slowly out of this throne, and he goes to walk forward, and you realize that these giant purple drapes that are that are all the way around the room, just like a mile of fabric, are all connected to the 14 rings in his back. And as he walks forward... The drapes are pulled back because from they're from the entire from room, the entire room us. because they're connected to his back. And then it looks, like a, it looks like a theater, like a theater screen opening, like with uh, curtains, right, going from center to the sides, right. It's doing that but only it, around all the sides of the. Oh, and it's because it's this so huge good. like cape that's on his back, connected by these fourteen rings in his skin. And then he like walks up to her and puts his hand on his shoulder and he says, "Where do you come from?" In this like really demonish like yep. deep voice, and she freaks the fuck out. I would do. And hits her panic <laughs> button and immediately gets out of there. I thought that was so cool. The one thing about the the rings in his back that I will say from everything that I know about body suspension. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, that's, unfortunately, that's not the way that works. You can't keep rings like that in your, in your body mm-hmm. because they won't heal. And you, you have, when, when people do body suspension, they put in these big, massive, thick hooks mm-hmm. in their skin. They go pretty deep too. Cause you have to. Yeah. And I'm fairly certain that you have to wait a certain amount of time before you do it again, because your body has to heal. So I don't think that you could keep big, thick metal rings in your body and do suspensions like that relatively around each other. I'm not, I'm not an expert in this, but from everything that I've ever seen, it seems like that is not exactly the way that works. Um, but, but visually it looks really cool for the movie. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I, um, I mean, there's people like there's, there's people who are hired to do, suspensions for like theatrical reasons and stuff yeah, like that they don't keep stuff in their skin though well no yeah that's that's Absolutely right they not. Don't. you have well, to I heal mean, because your your skin does stretch when you do that it has to heal and and get back to normal before you can do it again couldn't i mean couldn't you just like if you're gauging your ears or whatever the hell people gauge these days couldn't you essentially do like if you started with like yeah people do it with their dick too <laughs> Um, couldn't you? <laughs> I love the little, little cackle from Jay. <laughs> couldn't couldn't you start with smaller piercings in your back and gradually gauge them and let them heal as you go, and then eventually you have it's not, these rings. It's not in the your... hole, though. It's, it's not the, the stretching. It. It's it's not <laughs> the size of the hole. It's no. It's literally, it's literally the stretching of the skin. You have to like let the, your body heal. I think if it's you the had elasticity in the skin that will give way. I think if problem. you had fourteen of them, though. You, the weight well, would be the weight would be displaced in a way that it wouldn't really damage the skin that well, much. Put it this way, I I've seen enough of it, and and I've seen because um, like body mod stuff kind of fascinates me. I mm-hmm. looked it up, but that, that, maybe, that, maybe that sounds weird, but like no, not really. I, I looked it, it up on Pornhub. That yeah. oh no, that's weird <laughs> shit. Um, no, but like, like the old Jacob's ladder right <laughs> on the uh... oh, Christ. Um, no, like body mod stuff though, uh, it kind of fascinates me. The people actually more fascinate me than the actual mods themselves. But I've ne- in all of my years of look- of looking at this stuff, I've never 
ever in my life seen somebody that has kept that stuff in their back. Like, yeah. Ever. It's just, it's just not something that happens. So we're mm-hmm. going to get familiarized with it. We're going to take a short break. We're going to test out some of this body suspension. Mike's first to go up, and we'll be right back. He's going to hang by his dick. <laughs> and, we're, and we're back. <laughs> um, oddly enough, I know a guy that has done suspension before. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, he, uh, he, did it, he did it from his... It's really not. He did it from his shoulders, though. He didn't do full body, mm-hmm. but uh, he had four hooks, I believe, two in each shoulder. That's not and enough he hooks. Suspended by, <laughs> he suspended by his shoulders on just like a, a casual swing. Um, and like he said, he goes, he was kind of fucked up when he did it. Um, but it was like the endorphin rush, he, he was saying, is well, just I was, crazy. Uh, there's, there's a girl... I can't remember. I, I, there's a there's we have some friends in a band who know a girl who does body suspensions. Mm-hmm. I uh, some of the dudes in Wilson, I think. Oh, okay. And this girl, uh, I remember seeing a video of her. Actually, I think I saw this maybe through because Wes Borland lives in Detroit now, mm-hmm. and he's friends with oh he's friends with Joe Gall, the photographer. of Limp Biscuit fame. Yeah, he's, yeah. he's friends with uh, Camera Jesus, Joe Gall. And uh, he had, and he had posted a pic, uh, a video of a girl that he knows at um, where would Jane's Addiction be playing? A huge festival. Oh, uh, Bonnaroo. Something like Something that. Like that maybe, but they yeah. they they had her and another girl suspended, probably forty feet over the stage, and each of them just had one a hook on each shoulder blade. Mm-hmm. And they were swinging. I mean, I'm like swinging back and forth like sure, thir- thirty sure. feet, just by two hooks in their backs. So they're, they're not small hooks either. They're no, they're not small. Crazy. I'm just right. saying, that's what I'm saying. Like the the human body is like crazy. Yeah, and <laughs> yeah. the elasticity of mm-hmm. skin is. I I think that it. I think that it's feasible that you could. Keep and it's not just in your skin, though. Like that. I don't you don't have to go into muscle. I'm no, 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 sure, no, 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 no. You just go in the skin. No, if you, the skin? if you went into muscle, you'd be like damaging yourself permanently. Oh, fair enough. It's fair just enough. the skin. The human skin is. I only know what I've seen, but yeah. I only know what I've cut into, which is human flesh. Yeah. Most of the time, yeah. I when I do, I usually hang by my asshole. <laughs> like it's a it's a it's a one single hook, in the in the asshole out the gooch. <laughs> And I'm swinging upside down. I regret everything. <laughs> my stage name is Sharkbait. That's my that's my stage name. Oh, uh, I don't even um, remember what we were talking about. Yeah, what, anyway, what was your favorite incarnation of of uh, Vincent D'Onofrio? It's tough to tell. There's an incarnation of him at the very end where he's like reptilian mm. and he's coming up out of this bath of water, and his his head is all like this weird scaly reptilian. He's got this massive cape, mm-hmm. and he's got like this bar across his nipples. Oh, that she and she rips him. Oh, she oh, rips it out so and just tears his nipples um, off. Oh my gosh! I like gosh. the look of like his head though, mm-hmm. and that massive cape that comes up out of the water. Well, but it's I cool because when like... he first comes out, he look like because they have a shot from the back. He looks like a um, like a cobra. Yeah, kinda. yeah, very much so. And then yeah, he yeah. sheds that it's, skin. It's tough for me to pick a favorite though because I like them all. There's mm-hmm. there's another version of him where he literally looks like royalty, like he looks like a Guillermo del Toro type. Like King, you know who he reminded and, me of in that scene was uh, his mannerisms were very like John Malkovich. I can sort of see that he's very kitty. Like is that, is that the one you're talking about? Yeah, it was like I'm, I can't I can't think of the particular John Malkovich character that I'm thinking of that I compare it to. Mm-hmm. But for some reason in that scene, he reminded me so much of 
John Malkovich. It was weird. There's, I love that incarnation, but then also like to throw a third in there. There's another one where he looks like Satan, and he he has these horns coming out of his head, but they're hair. But they're made out of hair. It's like his hair is horn. You can see the individual hair screen. I don't know. Every incarnation of him was yeah. amazing. It's mm-hmm. it's really really hard to pick a favorite. I think that if I had to though, my, the reptilian at the very end, that was one where I was like, oh, that's really cool. Like that one, I was taken aback by it. Which there was some like. Uh some pretty deeply religious symbolism in that life, in that scene because sure, sure. she was she was basically the virgin mary mm-hmm. he was uh which what was with the weird screen framing they did in that scene like they put like this weird like these corner flower frames on the screen i think it was just i think it was just like because at that point she had uh it's just very fantasy like very what she does is she basically crosses the polarity or how the whatever she basically instead of going into his mind she invites him into her mind Mm -hmm. because that's how she thinks she can kind of because at this point they they've already found they've already found the location of the girl that he's held captive so now her her main uh objective is to save the little boy Mm -hmm. starger yeah so she invites him into into her mind where she does meet the little boy and starts to talk to him about, you know, like, there is peace for you still. But then the serial killer, Starker, shows up as the reptile. Mm-hmm. Which is, so it's like, it's kind of... Do you think it's her literally framing the conversation? Yeah. In, okay, I, I guess that makes sense. Yeah, well, I in a sense. I don't know. Did you also notice during his, I think it's during the reptilian version of him, he has a prosthetic on his face? Did you notice that it goes from the tip of his nose up to the center of his oh, face? Yeah, it's a it's a bird. It's a bird. It's a bird. If you look at it, very at least that's how I took it. Oh, it's very bird like, and it goes from the center. The I tip just of thought his it nose. was supposed to be like the ridge of his nose. No, it goes from the because it, it, it's like it's spread out at his nose like a like the tail, and then it goes up above his brow, and there's like a hummingbird type like like needle, and the eyebrows look like wings. Hmm. And I was like, "Oh my God, there's a burr on his face." That's did you get cool. anything out of that, or maybe like a no? I, I don't know what it could have meant. I just thought it was supposed to like this was supposed to essentially be like the Garden of Eden, and he was the snake. Oh, you know what I mean? Oh, I did not take it like I mean, that. Because if you're, if you're taking it in the the biblical sense, like yeah. the Garden of Eden, the snake is the like the saboteur. Absolutely. In the in the whole deal. Yeah. No, <laughs> so, no, 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 no. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, no, I never thought of it. I never thought of it that way, but that's, that's a very cool way of looking at it. Mm-hmm. It didn't, yeah. Um, I'm looking at my notes here and there's one other thing that I need to address. Why was JLo, not that I'm complaining, but why was JLo always in see-through shirts in this entire movie? <laughs> I don't think I ever noticed that. She was in see-through someone's shirts. Way, someone's way too married here. <laughs> I don't think any of her shirts were see through. Every single one of them were see through. Almost every single one of them. The far majority. Somebody's starved for sexual attention. (laughs) I'm not. I'm just saying. I noticed that stuff. What am I going to say? I don't know. I thought it was weird. Every shirt was sheer that she was in. Even when she's out talking to. uh, uh, What's his name? Um, Peter Novak. Yeah, Peter Novak. When she's out in the courtyard talking to him, her shirt is completely see through. And you just see her bra underneath it. I think she. I know. Only reason I noticed it is she was wearing a tank top underneath it. 
No, no, it's a bra. Oh my! The only reason that I noticed it is because it was every time though, every like 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 uh, wardrobe change, it was sort of the same thing. I'm like, that's weird. maybe it's just a stylistic choice. Because though, when you have movie. because when you have J Lo, <laughs> you show them titties. You show off them. <laughs> I don't know because she's beautiful. Yeah, no, listen. It, Are it, you it, complaining? No, not at all. It could be just a stylistic choice too from the movie, like because it's a very visually striking movie. So mm-hmm. you know, it it just could be a lot of stuff, but. I just I happened to notice it. I, don't I would th- be remiss if I didn't mention. It. <laughs> I don't think there was any deep-seated reasons for putting no, her deep in seed. <laughs> for putting her in sheer tops. My guess is just because she's gorgeous and they wanted to exploit that because Could that's what well Hollywood does. It's very true. They just ask Morgan Freeman. <laughs> um, <laughs> not getting into that today. All right. Um, I don't know what you're talking about. Do you really not? I don't. Morgan Freeman was was accused today by eight different women of sexual harassment. Oh, no. Morgan Freeman, I give up. I give up. Yeah. And his shit and the the things that they have said about him are crazy. Like like on set there is a girl that thought she landed the the role of a lifetime working on this Morgan Freeman movie. Yeah. And I think she was just behind the scenes. She wasn't an actress or anything. But he would literally like try to pull up her skirt, like physically pull her skirt up to see if she was wearing underwear what? and like that's that's the thing, and there's this. Eight, there's, this just came out today. Yeah, there's eight different women that have come forward now. Oh man! And Morgan Freeman has always practically been like my substitute god. I I have, <laughs> I love Morgan except Freeman. Except for except for in uh, Bruce Almighty, where he was literally god. god. Yeah. All right. I've, so this is a Mike joke, but we're gonna when we go <laughs> to his trial, we're gonna go out there with our signs protesting against it. Morgan. Free man, free man, right? Yes. No, unfortunately, I can't. Like, oh man, that's uh, that's listen, crazy, dude. I, I there's I, a part I, of me that wonders. There's a part of me that is just like, well, okay, how much of this is real? How much of you know, whatever. You yeah. always have to think that, but like, the fact that it's even brought up, you know, like, and, and Morgan Freeman's always kind of struck me as kind of a sly guy. Like, he's very cool as a cucumber. Yeah. He also likes to act like a cucumber. At well, times. it's just and, I, you know, I mean, we build we build these people up in our minds as as like as I I, I, I don't know like you I, like you know we idolize these people as in our culture, but like it, I don't know it's 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 weird. It's it, like it's really it's really bizarre that so much of this is coming out these days. Because people, like, because people finally feel comfortable with it, you know? Yeah. It, it's I like hear the people, old sex, drugs, and a rock and roll thing. Like, you look at a rock star sure. who's probably been with many, many women yeah. on the road, and then sure. and then in this day and age, someone comes out and says, hey, you know, I was drunk, I was taken advantage of, this wasn't right. But what? it just it just makes you wonder, like, about the, the culture of Hollywood. Like, is it is it really as... So this is... I'm not, I'm not trying to uh, discredit anybody. This is uh, something that I'm actually asking is it really as bad as everybody's saying yes and if so what the hell's wrong with people in it's, hollywood it's because old school it's it's old school mentality of 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 people in power taking advantage of power and i think that and in, that's in the a thing place is like, like hollywood it was just what you did it was just and like even par if, for the course and even if you were younger in hollywood back in the day and you might not have done that because you thought it was wrong. Mm-hmm. You get 30, 40, 50 years of this power under your belt. Right. And it, you just, it just happens. And just a disclaimer on my previous statement, I, I said drunk and I was taken advantage of. It doesn't have to be like that. Right. That was wrong. It just oh, came yeah. off the tongue. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's people that get taken advantage of just because of the power of this person. Yeah. Sure. Now, Absolutely. I will and, say this, though. And, if you are if you are a, a young woman or, or 
should, any age woman or, or man for that matter, yeah. like that, that goes into a situation knowingly. Mm-hmm. I don't feel like you should be able to call that out. Like if you're doing it because you think you're getting something out of it, don't hold that person responsible. Uh, wait, hold on. C- clarify, clarify like if you're, that a if you're, bit. If you are a person trying to break into the industry mm-hmm. and you see somebody like Morgan Freeman, for example, right. and they make advances towards you and you willingly go ahead with it, oh. don't claim that, though, as... as, as Sure, that, that's him using his power, yes, but you were a willing, complicit You're saying You're that. saying if somebody consents... Yeah. Because they think that it's going to further their career. No, I'm not saying that this was this. Obviously, obviously right, not. This right. woman, the one that in the article, was very clearly didn't want it. Sure. And I'm not. Don't twist my words here. I'm just saying it's very dodgy territory. But it is. it's I don't when it th- comes to destroying people's lives, though, which this does. Right. Which, just ask Bill Cosby. You, <laughs> well, hold I'm, on. No, no. When it comes to dis- like his life is destroyed at this point. Like, like he has well, rightfully, reputa- s- rightfully no, so. Absolutely. Though. No, I'm not. I'm not saying anything. I'm just saying like his legacy is destroyed because of his actions. Yeah. So when it comes to doing that, though, it's like it has to be what it is. Though, like, don't right. destroy somebody's actions just because you. You took advantage of them as much as they took advantage of you, if that makes sense. Yeah. I think there's a fine line. There's a very, very fine line between it. I'm not I'm not trying to be chauvinistic or anything like that. Like I hope I'm not coming across. Which that unfortunately, way. even having this conversation, we I know, will be. But, but it, you know what? I don't I don't care. I don't like, care we, either. It's you my, should be able to talk about this yeah. stuff. I agree with you. Like if somebody if somebody willingly uh, goes into a situation where everyone is consenting, uh like, then, then a, that's what then that's what it is. You can't come back twenty years later and say I was taken advantage yeah, of because I'm, of their power. I'm a big power. Hollywood A-lister shit star right here, right? That's me. Mm-hmm. And you are James Anzel coming into my office. James Anzel. James Anzel, it's your new name. Okay. Coming into my office or whatever, and I think that you are super gorgeous as I do in real life anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I'm like I'm hitting on you, right? And I'm like oh you look you look really good. You should you should um, let's go to dinner. Maybe for yeah, let's 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 go out to dinner. Maybe I'll touch your pussy. Um, <laughs> and you go and you go, okay. And you are of your own volition, and mm-hmm. you say okay because you think this is going to further your career. You are making that conscious choice. So yes, am I a shitbag for using my power to try to put you in a precarious situation? Yeah. Yes. That being said, though, if you you haven't said no yet, I'm not forcing anything on you. If you were to say no, mm-hmm. and I back off, and I go okay. Then, then it is what it is. But or if, if say, I were to say no and you continued, then that's then a, that that's be, also a problem. Exactly. I guess that's that's what I'm saying. Like like people are shitbags and they use their power for all sorts of things. It, it happens. Like mm-hmm. you, unfortunately, it's a, it's a symptom of the industry. Mm-hmm. Um, but if 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 you never say no, and you go along with it, don't claim later on that I took advantage of you. Mm-hmm. You know, if you say no, hopefully I would say okay. And you'd walk away, and that would be the end of it. Yeah. Like, unfortunately, I, that's just not how it typically yeah, happens. Yeah, I've heard a lot of stories about people in the industry who, like, they're 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 big actors, or whatever, and they they were flirting with somebody and hitting on them, and that's the reason that they're being taken up on charges, just because they were being flirty. Mm-hmm. They never even had the option to say no. They're just being like accused of sexual harassment because they were flirting with someone. It's like. Okay, listen. Well, that's, a, that's I mean, a bit much. I mean, like, we've got like I've. It's gotten to the point where I, I I heard I heard about a poll the other the other day that was uh, I think this was back in like 2016 that was done 
I don't, I don't remember what it was like a cosmopolitan poll or something like that, but it was <laughs> basically a sexual harassment poll asking if you've been sexual, sexually harassed and included in sexual harassment was asking, being asked on a date. And, and like, this is being asked on a date. Uh, I, I, I have a hard time getting exactly, behind the idea that yeah, that's if, sexual harassment. If it's harassment. like a work thing, like your your boss, owner of the yeah, company, yeah. is hitting on you and trying to do that, then that's understandable, right? Because that's I mean, uncalled for. But, is it, but if but if is I it as though, a, if it's outside of work, and no, your boss it, no, comes it, to it, you, it is. I you have to draw a line somewhere. There's sure, it, within I, I that, within but, the workplace. If you're if you as the boss are asking a woman out on a date who is your subordinate, that's inappropriate because at that point, and actually, yeah, you know, and, yeah. and at that point, that's where you start to cross this line about the power dynamic. Yeah. Because if somebody in Hollywood who is very powerful asks a, asks a woman to do something that they wouldn't typically do and the woman consents to it, she she feels like, I mean, this is the... This is the explanation you hear a lot of times. They feel like the power dynamic kind of forced them into a corner. That being said, you have the option to not go along with that. I feel like if I was, yeah, I feel like if I was, if I was like, like hotshot Tom Cruise or something like that, like I feel as though if I was ever hitting on somebody, Mm -hmm. I would be very clear like from the get go and just be like, I find you attractive. I would like to take you out feel free to say no. Like you put that out there right from the get go. Like right. feel free to say, I'm not trying to pressure you in anything. I legitimately have an interest in you. If you say no, I walk away and we're like, you almost have to do that nowadays. If you are legitimately just trying to flirt with somebody, yeah. you have to put that disclaimer out there so that people know your true intentions. Right. And it's kind of unfortunate that we live in a society that's like that too, because I feel like if I walk up to you and go, you know, if I walk up to you and go, Hey, hot stuff. You want to go back to my trailer? <laughs> and then I come up to you and go, um, hi, you know, I, I noticed you. Would you like to go to dinner sometime? People take that as the same thing. Right. You can get brought up on charges for both of those these days. Right. And it's like, I don't agree with that. Like, right. I, I, I think that there is, there's a line and I, I'm, it's Are a you... sticky situation. It's a, it's a really like fine line topic, you know, that, like that being, I guarantee you someone's going to take offense to what we're talking oh, about. Oh, right absolutely. Now. I guarantee will. it. And we don't mean that. Mm-hmm. Like, no, I it's hope a, not. No, but. well, this is, I mean, this is, this is a, this, this, like it, like you said, this is a weird byproduct of yeah. the, the times that we live in right now. We, the three of us are all decent guys. We, well, at least we claim to be <laughs> like, none of us are, none of us are using, none of us have any power to begin with, but none of us are using power to try and coerce somebody into any sort of situation. I have a podcast. Oh uh, yeah, a very su- <laughs> a very successful one at that. <laughs> Maybe not after this conversation. <laughs> yeah, but uh, it's just it it's it's weird that the I forget the I even forget the line of thinking that we're we're veering off into here. But it's just it's weird that we live in these times where it feels like you can't even just it can't discuss it. It feels yeah. like it feels like what we view as normal normal interaction. Is, is, is no longer normal. Unfortunately. It, you know, it's... Um, I, mean, I don't know. I, yeah, it's weird. <laughs> it's, no, it's a weird topic. Like, And we don't need to go too much more into this. This is kind of an offshoot that we didn't it's funny. necessarily this is get the, into. This but is the type of stuff that we normally discuss outside of elsewhere yeah. that we wouldn't normally get into on this podcast. Yeah. But hey. um, 
Yeah, so, no, sometimes no, you got to get real. Is what it is. But anyway, Morgan Freeman. Oh, though, the, my point. My point was. My point was. This all stemmed from talking about somebody who absolutely allegedly. I I haven't heard any of this stuff about Morgan yeah, Freeman, but somebody who absolutely it. was using their power to do sure. shitty things. He was. He was. He was like literally like asking super inappropriate things, like physically touching people. Like yeah. this is from the reports. Yeah, that's reports. all. That's all terrible and, and, and inappropriate. And I hate it because. There was a there's a couple when when all of these when all these Hollywood stories first started coming out or whatever I was like I hope they don't touch this person and this person I hope that there hope that these people don't come out to be scumbags. Well, yeah, you want to believe that your heroes are decent people. Morgan Freeman was absolutely on my list yeah. because I fucking love Morgan. I, he is he is a thespian treasure. Like mm-hmm. he is so good. Right. And he's so prolific and he's he's done so many things. And now unfortunately the sequel to Shawshank Redemption is going to be real life. <laughs> Maybe. Starring Bill Cosby, Morgan Freeman, and like fucking what's it's, his name? It's just it it's when you talk about separating the art from the artist, you're not talking about this kind of stuff. Exactly. Once yeah, once this kind of damning information comes out, and it sucks, man. Which, like I said, I need to look into the Morgan Freeman thing. I haven't heard and about you know this. What? But and once you know this kind of information comes out, it's like there's no more separating the art from the I artist. I hope to Christ. If you that are he... a shitty person, yeah. then then your art is null and void. I hope to God that he battles this and can prove his innocence. Like other people come forward and say, no, this person's lying. Like, I hope to God. That that's true. I just don't believe it. Like but I said, there's always been a part of but me. At like, the, at Morgan the same Freeman's time, a very slick guy. At the same time, there's you no see, part of me that doesn't think he hasn't used it in his life. At the same time, you see basically every man who is accused of these things, they all have the same thing to say. I I vehemently uh, I, uh, um, deny everything yeah. that I'm being accused of. Well, when you have people in column A who actually are the shitbags who are actually doing these things and people who in column B who are maybe being misrepresented as doing some of these things both saying the same thing I deny the allegations yeah. against me well who the hell are you supposed to believe yeah. at that point and, you can't believe anybody and the crazy thing is is like like stuff like this has been going on forever like you have a guy like Jimmy Page you ever heard of stories about Jimmy Page oh yeah Jimmy Page held a 14 year old girl captive in his house literally yeah. Like that that's so fucking un- unbelievable. <clears throat> and the dude just walks the streets, nothing ever happened to yeah. him. Like it's it it's insanity. Like the things that are happening and the things that should have happened and the things that aren't it's it's the biggest clusterfuck of justice. Yeah. On the face of the earth. I'm happy that I mean if you are a piece of shit, I'm happy that you're being called out on it nowadays. Mm-hmm. But we need to start holding people in the past responsible for their shit too. Absolutely, the stuff that we know about, you know, like Roman, Jimmy Roman, Page, Roman, Roman Plansky, Plansky. Yeah. Well, shit, Roman Plansky fled the country because they were going to hold him yeah. accountable. But like, yeah, if he ever comes back that, here, he's fucked. That's these things take this long to come out too. I, yeah, you know, it's a hard thing for someone to uh, confront with and and say, hey, this happened to me. Right. Um. You know, some people live with it their entire lives and it never gets out. Yeah. Um. But it's a shame that these people that are doing these bad things and intentionally are are going along for years and years and years and sure, years and, right. and, and nothing's and, happened to them. And I mean, look at Harvey Weinstein. Like his trial just started. His uh his stuff just started mm-hmm. actually just started for uh, all his stuff. I hope they fucking crucify him. Oh yeah. 
you know, make him. Yeah. Like literally, I want him nailed to a cross in in, in the middle of Hollywood. Like fuck that guy, and like, and, legitimately fuck that guy. And don't uh, don't misconstrue. And I'm not talking about a potted plant. <laughs> <laughs> don't misconstrue anything that we're saying. We're kind of just like we're winging it. Like we're well, just, we're 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 working this stuff out as we're talking. As we're talking, just like everybody else is trying to work this stuff out at the same time. It's all very confusing, but I feel like uh, like I'm glad that people are coming forward. I think sure. it's as amazing that people as are finally oh, starting. Women and men like Terry Crews came out and said like this big like muscular manly man came out and said that he was also uh um taken advantage of. Like that's you have Everybody coming forward Corey, at the same time. Corey Feldman and, and Corey and uh, Ham. And I have, and I have, think that's great. I think we're setting up for a huge paradigm shift, sure. and and that's necessary. It's just very confusing to watch unfold. So like, and I'm not, I don't, I'm not going to jump on one boat or the other right sure. away. Like I want to hear all the I'm facts not, laid ever, out in front of me. I'm never going to jump on a boat. I'm just going to say I put my support behind one or the other. Yeah, but like. Um, look at Corey, Corey Feldman, Corey and Corey Haim, mm-hmm. rest in peace. Like they both have a story from the same dude who supposedly still works and is still a huge shot in Hollywood. Corey Feldman, not granted, he's a bit crazy, but he still will not name him because he fears for his life. Maybe like, some, maybe some of the reasons he has like whatever he has going on mentally though is are actually stem stemming oh, from sure the situations sure, that he I'm, was put I'm in sure as a young kid though i'm sure it's not the pizza dude <laughs> but like my i i joke but yeah. like my point is always like this does happen to men and women like, right. like this is prolific man the fucking mm-hmm. hollywood machine that has that has perpetuated this and Turn a blind eye to it because everybody, like mm-hmm. everybody, knew about Weinstein. Right, everyone. That's the only person that I actually believe just didn't because they didn't know him more. Kevin Smith. Mm-hmm. I feel like Kevin Smith was the kind of guy, or if he saw something like that happening, he would not work with somebody. That's, he wasn't like he was. He's always kind of been on the fringe. He wasn't sure, like in the that, heart that, of Hollywood. That, that's what I'm talking about. But there like, are Tarantino, a lot of, there for example, a lot of people. There are a lot of people Absolutely. who who knew about it and never said anything and then they were the first to speak out against it once every once the brave people came to the forefront and started talking about it and then they were suddenly like oh yeah shitbag but you knew about it for years yeah like don't i i don't know ah shit we could go on about this we really, forever we, really we probably should stop and also we probably just lost most of our nah, dozens so. of I, listeners I, I think, out there actually to be honest with you i, I think that a lot of I, it, me personally, I like very frank conversations. Like we don't know the ins and outs of it. We're trying to figure it out just like everybody else. And it's just, it's just a very, it's an honest approach to the topic. Right. You know, I, I think that I think people can appreciate that. Yeah. I know I would. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and that's, I'm, that's kind of the problem sometimes is, you know, some people don't like open frank conversation, well, which is fine. You're, you're entitled to have that opinion, but if you know, I, I personally, like you said, I like having frank conversations about this type of stuff. I don't know who Frank is. I might not like him. Jerry but... conversations. I like having Jerry <laughs> conversations about this. But um, anyway. Anyway, so that's the cell. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. If you want to find us on social media, you can find us at SoundCloud, Instagram, and Facebook at the Buzzkill Podcast. 
That's it. Oh, this is my cue. Uh, you can also find us on Twitter <laughs> at the Buzzkill PC. You can find us on all streaming platforms, including iTunes and Google Play and uh, Stitcher and uh, everything else. Uh, if there's a place where you can leave a comment, leave a comment. I don't even give a shit how many stars you leave. Just just fucking tell us something. Nine. How about nine? If you want to find J-Raj, you can find me on all social media at Ocean Recording and also check out www.oceanrecordingstudio.com for all your fantastic audio needs. Uh, yeah. It's a good episode, guys. Yeah. I apologize that we are uh, 10 minutes over the two-hour mark, but uh, you know what? It was a good conversation we had at the end. I'm, yeah. not, I'm actually not even mad about it. That was that was a good conversation. I would like I would I would actually I would actually have more frank conversations like this because maybe there's shit that we need to work out sometimes. You know, we should so. do we should do an uh, a Buzzkill extra, or say the Buzzkill podcast featuring Frank. Frank is just the the mythical conversation that we're having, and it won't actually be extra. It'll the Frank actually, Kill podcast. It'll actually <laughs> just be during our regular podcast. Oh my god, the Buzzkill Frank cast. So you know what was yep. nice about that conversation? You would have been talking for the about the movie for the rest of that time, mm-hmm. and then for like forty five minutes after. <laughs> We would have still been talking about that, and I wouldn't get to go home yet. <laughs> so, thank you for for taking care of that early, and we can get out of here yeah, sooner. No problem. It's, it's literally one thirty in the morning. Good fucking night. Cheers, Cheers boys. boys. Where do we get glass bottles? <laughs>